Hi, this is Mark Meir, the voice of Commander Shepard, and you're tuned in to the Enter Chatsman podcast, my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Chatsman and Phoenix, let the conversations begin. To the Normandy. everyone, Enter Chasman here, and we're back once again with another week of the Enter Chatsman podcast, where as always, this is your place to hear all of the major video game news and other sorts of nerdy news that has uh, tantalized me and my buddy Phoenix and our new guest friend, uh, Metal Gamer. Um, but yeah, if you guys don't know, also check out some of the auto locations on screen, if that's what your preference would be. Check out the highlights throughout the week. And of course, we would love to hear any sort of interaction or engagement or questions or comments. Anything you guys have, please do leave those down below. So as always, hey, what's going on, Phoenix? And uh, we have a new friend, Metal Gamer. Did you want to introduce yourself, buddy? Say well, I found yourself? him when I was uh, trying to escape your basement. I was digging through the air oh, vents, and he just fell out. He was like chewing on a dead rat. So figured I'd let him join it's our conversation. That's true. He asked me uh, personally to uh, to join him because I had some interesting stories from beyond the depths. He's one of our so more any- interesting friends, so... Figured he'd add some yeah. spice to our sometimes bland conversations because you know. <laughs> yeah. we, we've been trying to get him on for the longest time, and we finally we finally did it. We just need to get the others uh, all involved uh, as well. Uh, we'll see. We got to cool. bet them still. Cool. So what we normally do is I normally go into a tease for some of the topics for this week, but holy cow, man, we have a lot. Um, I guess I'll try and breeze right through them. We have. Me and Fe- uh, I played two games this last uh, since our last podcast. Phoenix played a few a few games. It sounds like um, we have a bunch of speed. Well, what was it? Lightning round. Now it's speed run. So yeah, sorry, speed guys. run news. Yeah, we change our segment. Just you know, video game theme speed runs. Just felt more on brand. So vote in the comments. Uh, the two of you who are watching and t- let us know what you think. So. Yeah, he didn't even ask for approval from me. He just went ahead, changed changed my everything I we had. We decided notes. a long time ago this is no longer your channel. I'm running the stream now and doing the settings, and they're my segments. This is the Enter Phoenix Man podcast. So he pulled a pulled an Order sixty six on my own uh, on my own channel. Hey, remember, uh, I have control. Like right now, I can just make your face disappear. He's gone. So. <laughs> Nonsense. That would ruin everything. My my face is what makes it uh, makes it better. I just start like getting a pin I can draw on your face while doing the podcast. It's great, too, because uh, he can't see this. You guys um, <laughs> watching this on YouTube or whatnot, you guys get to see the after effect and the post-production. He has no idea what I can do to him. What, do I have a, a handlebar mustache now or something? Ooh, hold on, let me Ooh. find an image. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. Sure look pretty nice with a handlebar mustache. You should try yeah. it. I think, I think I should. I really want but to make I'm... some chibi animations of you. So, like, as certain things happen on the screen, it's like a little animated Chasman going, hoo-hoo. I don't know. <laughs> but um a couple of our major topics for the day other than the speed run we have like four or five topics for the speed run so we'll surprise you with those uh, our major topics for the day is um we're going to be talking about 343 and their uh continuation of ruining halo or i don't know that's what kind of the uh, internet has kind of perceived them as doing um we are kind of late to the game but we did want to at least talk about some of the uh, announcements that came out of gamescom over in germany um there also was the d23 disney event that happened what was that yesterday so we'll talk about some of those well the game oriented i actually did did you guys actually get to see the actual event or just the games 
I started to watch some of the extra stuff. Like I didn't watch it live. I started picking up on trailers, but there's there's so much there. I think let's just focus on the game stuff for tonight. Just the games. Yeah, okay. there's I enough there to I didn't into. get to watch it. Okay, and then finally, I got to watch Wandavision, which is something that on our previous episode I told Phoenix I wanted to do. Um, I'm becoming a Marvel fan again, huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. The movie's disappointed, but some of the shows are catching me. Yeah, Marvel. Anyways. Marvel tugs at your heartstrings. One minute you're like, yeah, go Marvel, and you're like, oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> It's hard to be uh, well, have, in that relationship. They have so much content on that app, that new uh, the app now. It's just like, it, I guess it's kind of hard not to like something at least because they have so much thrown at you. Yeah, you throw enough at the wall, something's bound to stick. So, mm-hmm. All right, so what did you guys do? Did you guys want to tackle one of the games you've played or do you want me to choose? Or Why don't you go, go first because yours will kind of flow back to back because, you know, okay. running through that whole series. Well, if you guys don't know, in the previous episode I did mention that in celebration of God of War Ragnarok, which comes out, what, I think that's November 9th or 10th, mm. I had only ever played God of War 1. So I am, like, going to blast through the entire series now that i got a PS5. And luckily it's possible because on the PS5 they have literally every single God of War game on the Premium the premium Plus or whatever that the thing I have. Mm. But uh, basically I can kind of stream every game. Um, I kind of wish they gave you the option to download them versus stream them, but... Well, I, th- we'll I thought they did that. for the because P- you're playing the PS2 ports of God of War one and two, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of yeah, swore you could download option. the PS2 ones. I know the PS3 one they force you to stream, but I could really? be wrong. I didn't see any option for that. I mean, I I would have definitely preferred to download unless I just missed it or something. But... I could be wrong. I mean, I know like when it was still PlayStation Now, like uh, for a lot of the PS2 <laughs> games, you had the option because they could emulate some of the PS2 stuff on the system. PS3 though, there's no emulation. Uh, that's the biggest issue. That's why people still go out and buy PS3s because the only way to play it is on the actual hardware. I guess now through the cloud stuff that PlayStation's doing. But that's a whole different topic. Yeah. So Metal Gamer, did you have a PS5? Not yet. You you have the. I'm not as cool as you guys. Yeah. yeah, I have an Xbox Series X. That's always nice. Oh, so. that's nice. Cool. At least you got that. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not a great financial decision on, our, on on my behalf, at least to do all that. It is getting a lot easier, I think, to find the PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been, like um, for like a week straight, PlayStation had them on their PlayStation Direct page. So, I mean, they're getting more available. Granted, they're pushing you to buy the Horizon Edition, so they're kind of yeah. jacking up the price a couple of ways. But we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm getting you off. No, you're good. Um, so uh, once again, I had played God of War one before, so it was a re- basically a replay for me, but. I don't know, it was a nice little refresher to kind of uh, get reacclimated with the story and how everything began with the series. Um, I don't know, I, you guys, what, what were you, did you guys ever get to play the very first one? Uh, I played the first one. Um, played the first one, I like started the second one a couple of times, but never finished it, and then I watched a buddy play through most of three. Um, the only one I actually played all the way through myself was the newest one on the uh, PS4. So the what, mm. remake, not remake, um, reboot, I guess they'll call it. So the first one and yeah. the most recent one, the ones I played. What about you, Metal? I uh, I played the first one and uh, I have the second one as well. So I, I did play it. Didn't play three. So I don't know. I just didn't didn't get catch my interest. Isn't, I, I believe three is the one most people consider the best one, or at least before... 2018 came out that was like the right the perceived best one i suppose i don't know uh, yes. 
I didn't really hear a lot of fanfare one way or the other about him. I said I only played the first one, so as far as my kind of mm-hmm. um, perception of it, that was the best one. That's <laughs> the one I played. Yeah. Really? Um, oh, okay. But man, I think people probably liked three primarily because it was the end of the you know story. I know the whole point is he goes through kills all the gods, and that was kind of the finality to it. So I'm sure that had some uh, almost like Halo Three vibes, right? You have to finish the fight kind of deal. So yeah. And now universally, I think most people like 2018 the best, or it seems like, or maybe that's recency bias. Maybe whenever you get know. to that one, I have some things to say about that for sure. But um, yeah, yeah. But how'd you like okay. one? Because uh, you you played one in the past, right? I have played it in the past, and it held up really well. I actually found myself really enjoying the game. Um, I I kind of talked about it on our on the the stream I was doing, but like, if it felt like wasn't was this game was that game like the first like generation of um, hack and slashes? of its time or where like i feel like it was like the start of that because right at about the same time like dmc and some other like bayonetta games were starting to come out uh dante's inferno um, i, it I was feel the... like it popularized that yeah it probably popularized it. i wouldn't say it's the start i mean you had games similar in that genre before then um trying to think of something off the top of my head but i think that was probably the first one that really um I think developed it in such a way that made it mainstream. Um, it almost had like an arcade kind of feel to it, uh, which I think probably made you know made it simpler for a casual gamer to kind of hop into. Yeah. yeah anyways, the, the gameplay is super fun. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, I would still I would say though for me definitely with the first one the strongest aspect that I personally enjoy is I'm a big Greek mythology fan. So like just the narrative and the I don't know just the plot what it has going on is almost definitely my favorite aspect. Just um, how they're able to kind of work in Kratos's, you know, re- uh, relationship is with the gods, why he's working for Athena to essentially try and gain favor with the gods to remove his memory from this traumatic event and all of his previous wrongdoings with, um, you know, with Ares and everything. All of that stuff is really cool. And I, I kind of like how they work in like his just his downtroddenness about how why even like to the fact that like why his skin is white which Mm. is that's because that's the ashes of his family that he brutally murdered accidentally due to Ares and i don't know all that stuff's really cool i feel like the the narrative and how it works in like pandora's box and uh all the all the the titans and stuff the the first one's really cool um same thing with you guys was that your favorite part gameplay or narrative or anything for that one Oh, you go metal. It's been, a long time. <clears throat> it's been a long time since I played that game, um, mm-hmm. but I can easily say that um, I just the boss fights for me were just absolutely fantastic. I remember a lot of them being like super huge and epic. And There's some like, re- like the Hydra ones. The Hydra cool. one. I found yeah, the um, it was a thrift store or something. There was like a PS2 demo disc of just the Hydra mm-hmm. fight. I thought that was pretty cool. Really? Yeah, uh, but That's no, I agree. Cool. The boss fight fights were really fun on there. Yeah, yeah, there's like cool that. ones. There's like the Minotaur. There was like a yeah. robotic. I'm sorry, go ahead. I keep no, I was gonna say I completely agree with you on like the all the story stuff, but man, mm-hmm. they, they they really man handled that gameplay so good. It and is really. Reason, it's probably the one of the reasons why I got into it heavily is mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah, I think the gameplay was probably the main reason that kept me with them. I, mean, I I did like the story a lot, but the gameplay is what kind of hooks you into it and then kind of pulls you along. Um, I think it would probably help though from a story standpoint, at least for me, like it was a very dark kind of like moody, angsty kind of story too. And like, you know, I was, I was like a 13, 14 year old listening to Lincoln Park at the time. So it was right up my alley. So he's always yelling, always yelling in that game. Show had a ban. <laughs> it gets even worse when you get to two. He's always yelling. Zeus. 
He's so angry. Yeah, so then, two he, I don't know much so about at all. Like, um, do, do you want to move on to it already, or do you want to? Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm jumping ahead. I guess I'm just no, you're good. Like, from your opinion, like, okay. did the gameplay evolve enough going into two? Or did it feel just like you know extending God of War, like the first one? It felt very much like an extension to me. Like they add, they 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 did add some like couple new weapons. Um, there are some like additional moves that you can do by pressing the left. Like what's different is that if you hold on to the L1, that gives you like a different offset. If you press like circle triangle, it gives you like a different move. Mm. So there's a couple like additions that they added, but for the most part, honestly, I think I mentioned it when we were hanging out just the other night. Um, the the uh, two two expands upon a couple little things, but it. I actually, I very much prefer one versus two. Mm. And I think it's purely because of the narrative. I feel like the narrative and the lore building and the, the kind of world, you know, everything that it's building up just feels better. And when it gets to two, two, like, two, two feels more grandiose. It feels much larger and it's way cooler at the end. Mm. But the game as a whole just feels like almost, I don't want to say carbon copy because it's not a carbon copy. There are cool stuff. But one, it, it feels like it kind of, um, runs, you know, does a lot of the similar things, is what I mean. All right, I'm probably making an assumption here because once again, I I haven't played it all the way through, but I know, um, at that time, I'm sure, like the first one was, a, you know, a huge hit, so they were, of course, you know, hired on to keep building this IP out. Um, and two ends on a cliffhanger, right? Two ends. Well, that's why I mentioned it the other night. Is um, yeah, two ends on a cliffhanger. That's part of the reason why it, it was so surprising, though, moving mm -hmm. on from one to two, because one felt very much like a game that they were a game developer that weren't expecting to be able to get a second game made. So one ties a lot of things into neat bows and it ends right, it was with, encapsulated. Yeah. yeah, Kratos is just on the throne and he's now the god of war and it doesn't feel like it's leading up to anything, even though they do at the end of one in the credits, they do say Kratos will be back. So I feel like they kind of tried to have their cake and eat it too, where they're like, okay, it's got a nice, neat ending, bow's tied, it's all set, Kratos will be back, therefore it gives them wiggle room, you know, in case they yeah. are getting funded. I you guess my I mean? my point with that is I think games that are end up being you know, the second in a trilogy end up being in a weird spot, because um, it's hard for them to stand on their own. Like That was my biggest issue for like, Halo 2, and a lot of people love Halo 2, that's their favorite Halo I did not. Maybe it's just because I played it. I think I was a little late to the game when Halo 2 kind of came out. Like, 3 was kind of already, like, on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And I loved 3, uh, partially because it was the whole finish the fight thing. And I thought the gameplay just, you know, was improved substantially on it. But I feel like this might probably have some similar um, attributes with, like, it really doesn't stand on its own. Like, it does what uh, the first game did, maybe a little better, but it doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. wrap things up in a way to kind of have that satisfying conclusion, like the third one that is going to have. So, I don't know if you would agree with that, kind of running through it. Uh, I mean, I, I do agree with it. Well, once again, I felt like the the meat of the of the second game was... I mean, the first... I don't want to act like the first one doesn't do it either. Like, the entire trip throughout the first game through Pandora, or uh, through... Um, Kronos and and all of the temple and everything Pandora's temple like that section is like maybe 60% of the game 50% mm -hmm. and it runs on entirely too long and then the second game like you were saying it does the, almost the exact same thing where um your search for these for the sisters of fate you're searching for them and the entire trip to find them is probably like 60% of the game so mm. it, it does the same thing where like 
they do like between both games they do the same thing in parts where they run they run a bit long and there's tons of like fight sections mixed in with like a crap ton of puzzles which i thought the second one would have less of after playing the first one and it's the opposite the second one has maybe more puzzles and i don't know Hmm. did you play the second one uh metal I haven't played it too much. I got into it for a little bit, and then I just kind of dropped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair yeah. I can understand that. Like once again, I, I thought the second one was really good, but after the the opening boss battle section, that game just like it starts to slog. And but yeah, but versus the first one, the end of the first one was pretty good. I enjoyed it, but the end of the second one leads to like. It's so awesome. Like, I will say, um, like you were saying, you like the boss battles in the first one. I think that's, again, another one of the things that it does better than the first one is the boss battles in 2 are, like, super crazy. And so the so 2 has better boss battles, but it has a and it has a better end. But as a whole, I like the first one more. I think the first one's a better game, hmm. in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I'll be um, curious how you feel when you get to 3. Um, like I'm curious how much they really... Because 3 is the first one that was on the PS3, so I'm really curious how much it kind of utilizes the power, not just to change like the visuals of it. Cause, I mean, I, play the, I remember playing the demo of 3 and then watch my buddy play it, but um, mm-hmm. I don't recall how much the gameplay it really evolved going from 2 to 3, so I'm curious to see if the P- uh, PS3 influences what you can do gameplay-wise. Yeah. I should pick that up then. If that's Once the again, man, the second <clears throat> one's boss battles are just crazy. The end battle with Zeus is insane there's a battle with the sisters of fate which is awesome um there's an opening battle with like a colossus that's crazy Mm -hmm. i mean it definitely ratchets it up and now when i get to three i'm 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 gonna have high expectations for these boss battles and sections i'm gonna hope they're like even grander um i did want to mention just one more thing i guess i I guess i'll just wrap up these two (laughs) these two uh, uh game reviews into one video but um like the running joke in the for between the first two games you run into this uh the very first game at the very beginning when you face the hydra there's this uh boat captain that is in the mouth of the hydra and he's like oh thank you for saving me and you go in there and you're like i didn't come for you and you just grab the key from around his mm-hmm. neck and drop him down and like you see him again at the at the end of the first one in hades he's like down in tartarus I remember that. like hanging on a cliff and you're like He's like, you again, and you knock him you off. Kick him off. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see him in the second game, because you have a battle against the barbarian that you that killed or that you know made you call for Ares for help in the first game. And and the barbarian has the ability to call forth dead souls. And one of the zombies he calls forth is the the captain, and he's like, Oh no, not again <laughs> when he sees you. That's funny. It's so funny. Like I'm hoping to see him in the third game now. Nice. I don't know. That's or, pretty yeah. awesome. It was fun. It was fun. I, I definitely enjoyed both games. Um, I'm very much looking forward to 3, and then um, I guess... So I gotta play Ascension after that, right? Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm curious. Ascension is a prequel, to my knowledge. It's I, I believe not... it's between 1 and 2, from what I understand. Yeah, I mean... Do you really want to play it? <laughs> I guess my point being, um, I know it didn't did. get super critically acclaimed, um, and if you're just doing this from a chronological standpoint... Um, you kind of already missed the spot where you should have played Ascension if it's supposed to be between one and two. So after three, you could just go straight into the, you know, the new one if you wanted to. And technically, I don't want to play Ascension though. Okay, well, I mean, that's up to you. Um, 
I so you, I, I would feel like I'm opening up a can of worms because there isn't just Ascension. Like they've got was it Chain of Olympus, and Ghost of Sparta, and, and they have those on the PS3. Um, so you can you they have, really? Yeah, I've got. I don't know if they have them on the service um, that you're streaming it on, but I've got Ooh. the PS3 disc somewhere back on the wall that has those. Um, you know, remade for the PS3. I would, I would, I would totally play those. Well, if you want to do those, then yeah, I've got those, so you can borrow it. Maybe. I have to figure out how to stream. You got to return it. my Mass Effect first. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, do a, we'll do an even swap. There we go. All right. Well, yeah. That was my thoughts on God of War 1 and 2. So, um, who did. Are, are each of these games for each of you, or did or did you, Phoenix, play both of these? So, I played Tinykin, and then Metal Gamer played uh, Kaichu. And you played some of Tinykin, too, didn't you? Yeah. Um, right before I jumped on earlier, I, I played a little bit of Tinykin. Yeah. Um, I jumped in on Totally forgot the B-roll. I do this. Oh, I do that all. Yeah, see, you're uh, terrible at this job. I'm changing the logo next oh, week. It's, it's Phoenix, man. Um, you, you had it on the entire time. Did I really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh, never switched oh. over those. All right. So, oh, wow. uh, besides me talking about the the viewers, don't know how terrible you are at this job. So. <laughs> I love your face. I'm sorry. I'm doing the hosting. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm 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 the one doing. I'm doing the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. The, 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 uh, the heavy. I'll go ahead and I'll talk about Tinykin. Um, and I do want to see what you thought about Metal Gamer. Um, so I don't know how much you know about this game, Chaz. Um, it, I saw it on, it was, I don't know if it was a skillet video or some other uh, review or something. Um, but this was getting a lot of critical praise. And they're like, oh, it's like a new Pikmin style game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I haven't been too big on Pikmin games. I've played some of them, you know, here and there, um, and liked them well enough. So I don't have a huge background with it. Probably the most Pikmin-like game I've ever played is probably Overlord, which I love those games. For um, you, for the master, for the master. So I don't know, and it just seemed like a pretty chill game. It has a pretty cutesy art style. Uh, I'll switch over to the B-roll while you're playing it. Um, so I give it a shot, and I really, really enjoyed. It. I think what surprised me about it, um, I was worried it was going to be a game that I was going to have to like sit down and learn all these systems, and it was going to be kind of this daunting pro- uh, process, which I wasn't really, you know, looking for. This was like the easiest game to play, and I don't don't mean that from like a difficulty standpoint. I just mean the gameplay and the level design is done so well, like your movement and what you do in the game just comes so naturally. Um, I remember when I went into like the first like main world. I felt pretty intimidated at first because you look over, it's kind of this large kind of like hub world, almost like, um, I'm trying to think of a uh, game that has like similar environments. Think like a big collectathon platform or like a Banjo-Kazooie kind of thing, like where you have the whole environment kind of set out and you can see the collectibles everywhere. And like, harking back to those games, those are pretty daunting games. You're thinking about, you know, going through each level and figuring out how to get each piece. This game is not like that at all. Like as soon as you start moving through a level, you just naturally start doing things, and the uh, game, um, I should say the level design, just pulls you to the next thing. And like, It almost sounds like, um, uh, what is it, Katamari Damacy, where like, it's you very kind of just find yourself moving around, and you're just doing stuff without even noticing you're doing. Yeah, and I mean, there's clearly, I mean, I, I probably went through things a little too quickly. Like, I skipped a lot of the dialogue, which I actually was appreciative of. I didn't want to sit there and read everything. Um, but yeah, you just kind of move through the game. Like you see an objective or something cool off in the, you know, out there somewhere and you just start going towards it. And then, you know, something pops up. You're like, oh, I'm going to deviate this way. And that's totally fine. Like you go a certain direction, you complete the side objective and the level design like pulls you right back to where you were. Like it unlocks a shortcut. So you immediately pop right back. So you're never um, like punished or, you know, for taking a detour or something. The game just flowed really, really well. Because I thought... Yeah, all the Wendy's. 
Oh, oh, I cut off the B-roll already. So no free advertisement for Wendy's. Wendy's Wendy's took over. Ooh, where Frosty sounds good. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, the, it was it was a pleasant surprise. I was expecting to play the game for like an hour, hour and a half, and be like, oh, all right, I got a feel for it and probably never complete it. I mm-hmm. played the whole game in like two sittings. Uh, it's not a long game. It's like, I think it'd be like six hours or something, but it just flowed so well. I mean, as it's not a real long game, um, there is a bit of a story there, and it takes a couple of twists when you start digging into it, which is, you know, for those who care about an interesting narrative, there's something there. But it was a fun little distraction. Um, definitely recommend it. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, uh, Metal? When you meant you recommended it to me earlier, and I said, you know what, let me give this a shot. So after I played Kaichu, I decided to try out Tinykin, and it was, at first when I saw it, I was like, oh, here comes another Pikmin kind of game. Mm-hmm. But what I do like about it, and you did tap on a couple of things, was the simplicity of gameplay. It was the first level is how to teach you how to play. I went through that quickly, but because of how quickly it went, I was able to get the controls really quick, which is really nice. Um, I think as you... That's the main first level. As you run through the first level, you run around, you look at things, and then you kind of like... You already get introduced to like two different, um, I don't even know what the hell you call it. The tiny kin. Yeah, the tiny kin. Um, you, uh, you get introduced to two different types. And how you go from one area to another is very, very interesting and very, very fun, actually. They give you a lot of, uh, a lot of good ways to utilize this current skill set for the level that you're in currently and they and, and they don't make it hard for you at all what's nice I too what was, is like i don't know yeah. did you unlock the green tinykin did you get that far i didn't get to do the green green ones yet i got the i just got i just got the bombs okay the red one. yeah so yeah, after a while some of the tinykin you unlock end up being like basically forms of mobility too like the tinykin ones you basically make a little ladder you can climb up and jump stuff so you use them That's of course cool. to collect things but you end up using them as like a form of um uh, locomotion as you move through a world like you're just running along you want to get more distance on a jump you just build a little ladder like it's like seamless you just hold down one button and you just leap that's off cool. them so everything that's if i could pick one word to kind of throw at this game it'd just be fluid like everything about it just goes really smooth the controls you're right were really easy to pick up which you know you think you have like five six different little characters you have to figure out how to utilize it doesn't feel like you're having to make a decision like that. The game like contextually figures out, okay, he wants to use this tiny kin versus this one versus that one. Yeah. So you're not pressing like a whole bunch of weird button combinations to launch different things. It just happens. So yeah. some people might not like that, that the game kind of feels like it plays itself. I don't mean that in a negative connotation. Like uh, it feels good because of how fluid all the uh, gameplay is. Yeah. It plays very, very well. It plays super well for what it is. And, and on a note, um, I enjoyed the uh, a lot of the music for it too. Mm-hmm. Um, the music was very interesting and very like happy. It's a very happy type of like sound, and everywhere you go in a level, it all blends into each other, kind of like Mario sixty four mm-hmm. style. So as you you go into like this little cathedral, and you go from the cathedral to outside, and from outside you go into like the bar. Um, by the way, that's so silly. The pickups that they got. 
Yeah. They forget because we're like uh, like honey uh, pollen, so you can make mead. It's mm -hmm. like ridiculous. There's actually a lot uh, of humor in this game. Like I said, I skipped through a lot of the dialogue, but if you dig into some of it, there's like um, a lot of throwbacks and like parodies of stuff. There's like a Titanic parody in there with the Rose and Jack, which is kind of funny. Um, it's just got a bunch of random things in there. I, I like it. I think it's for for the. I played it for like two and a half hours and mm. on that level in specific, and it was fantastic. I I almost didn't want to get off. I realized how long I've been sitting on the couch for yeah. playing this game. Yeah, if you're looking for a palate cleanser, Chaz, between God of Wars, mm -hmm. uh, check that out. It's and it's free on Game Pass right now. I mean, free Game Pass, but um, it's yeah, you know, accessible. So, so I guess what you guys are saying is when it comes to quality, this game is not tiny. <laughs> uh, I'm getting rid of your face again. <laughs> make his face tiny. It is, no, it is. I can make his face tiny. No, I'm not gonna do it. That is a that is an interesting recommendation because honestly, I was tr thinking about playing. Uh, I kind of want to play Dreamlight Valley, which we'll probably mm. end up talking about later on in this in this episode. But I don't know. I I want looking for something to replace Animal Crossing since I stopped playing that, and I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll consider that versus. Uh, uh, what is this, Tinykin? Tiny I almost said Pikmin. Well, I mean, I don't know, like, uh, if you're trying to plow through all the God of Wars, just kind of knock them out. Like, if you oh, get yeah, if I'm you get into that uh, Disney game, if it's anything like Animal Crossing, you're going to dig or sink more time in probably than you want to. This is a game that you, you're you not going to sink more than enough time to get through the levels. Like, it's five, six hours if you, like, collect almost everything. And then you're done. Like, you don't feel like you have to go back mm -hmm. and replay anything. So if you just want something you can easily digest and feel like you completed it and move on, that this is a good recommendation. Honestly, that's why I liked that one... Um, what was that whole game where you played as a whole and you sucked up Oh, uh, Donut County. Donut, Donut County. I really enjoyed that because that was like, what, an hour and a half? And mm -hmm. It was easy. Puzzles weren't all that intricate. Something like uh, another game we like is... Um, was it Little Inferno? I think it was oh, called. No, I, remember that one. Yeah. I forgot about that game. A couple hours long, but you know, knock everything out, and it's fun to kind of see how the how things react. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, I almost called you by your name. I'm already gonna do it, <laughs> Metal Gamer. So you said you played what this kaiju game? Yeah, so I got kaiju. the bureau ready. Uh, we'll yeah, let you it, take it's, it's a super all right so what led me to this game i was kind of digging through you know preparing for this podcast actually i wanted to i wanted to pick a game i've never played before where did you play it was this pc this is actually the xbox I oh actually, okay I, I paid money for this <laughs> so yeah i know that's i found that interesting too but it was on discount so i played it because it was new and i was like what is this nonsense so I laughed about it. I was like, ha, huh, monsters fighting and dating. Let me try this out. So I decided to give it a shot. So my initial thoughts, um, I actually beat the whole thing. So you can easily beat it in about two hours, easily. Hmm. Probably a little less than that, depending. So it's pretty much a, it's a dating sim. I don't know how much you, if you guys ever played a dating sim before. But, um, That's how Chaz practices. Not <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, dating. Mass Effect. Mass Effect is the only dating <laughs> game I've ever experienced. Hasn't oh, translated God. well into your real life yet. Oh boy. What? I I I I could land in Asari if I wanted. Uh -huh. So I used to get into uh, a lot of these things back in the day during Newgrounds, the era of Newgrounds, early two mm thousands. -hmm. So I used to be in college. I used to enjoy kind of like the idea of the dating sims. Newgrounds. So, I know, the, days it's of, the days of old. The days of old. 
So I, I picked this up because it kind of reminded me of that. So I figured I'd play it. So the premise of the game really is to see if you can date the whatever kaiju that you got, right? Uh, help so Godzilla get his groove back. You're, you're, you're the pink Godzilla. <laughs> Apparently you're Godzilla with a heart on its tail and on its knees. And that's you. So your goal is to try to date whatever you go or wh- whoever you're dating with. So the funny part about it is that instead of world domination, you're 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 dominating love. So it's silly. Um, I love the art style. So several things um, that are corny about it is that the art style is cute. Um, the the narrative is corny, but that's in a good way. And while you're trying to date these other kaiju's. The government comes in and tries to destroy your your uh, your whole your whole spiel. That's just like real life. Or just like real life. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's interesting about it is that normally a lot of the uh, dating sims they're very straightforward, and you just kind of go from one person to the next. Uh, it's it, by no means not like Doki Doki Literature Club. If you guys have ever played mm-hmm. that. Oh. Game. I watched the game. I watched a playthrough of that. Nothing that game, like that. But that game's that crazy. Game, that game's awesome. That game's like, insane. I love that game. Like that's a dating sim that I found absolutely fantastic. I watched the entire playthrough. It's I, I played crazy. it. I didn't even bother watching it. I had to figure out things anyway. So this one in particular. So this has an open world, kind hmm. of, almost like. Mar like like a like a like a quick Mario, uh, open world. You pick your yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to go to like a map kind of thing, so, open map. Yeah, it's like a little open map thing. You pick a girl or a guy, which is interesting because this is, uh, <laughs> has all the pronouns and it has every pronoun you can possibly think of and then some. So they made up some really strange ones like. I think that would be a must-have if you're having some sort of dating game because you want, I mean, you know, you want everyone to feel represented. That would be like oh, yeah, an totally. odd. That'd be an odd thing not to have in your dating game. I, I, I guess I, I, yeah, that's true. You're 100 percent on that. Um, they had those, and they had like like ten of them, ten different types. I, I don't know. What? Well, yeah. I was going to say, I, the only other dating game I, I can remember that I know had, like, hubbub around it was um there was that bird. Was it Hatiful? Hatiful oh, Boyfriend? Yeah. Like, a few years ago. It was like yeah. a bird. You played a bird or mm-hmm. something? I remember a lot of people talking about that game. Yeah. that's. A, I just that's I just another one on my brain. Yeah, you play as a pigeon. A pigeon, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the KFC one? Oh, you could be the colonel. Oh no, you could be the different. Uh, it wasn't just KFC. You could be like the different mascots for different fast food restaurants. Wasn't that it? I remember that. Yeah. Not, no, it wasn't. It was just uh, we love you, Colonel Sanders. That's that's oh, it. I could swore there was one that would like had representation from all the different fast food places. But... I would, if there is, I would totally play it. But anyways, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Anywho, but it had those, and then it, after a while, it became a little repetitive. You play one round. They give you six slots, by the way. They give you six save slots that you can play on. So each one, and and this is actually kind of nice of them. They actually save a little bit for you, so they know you're gonna save. Mm-hmm. And you can, if you don't like the decisions, you can always go back and redo it. So you can get good all the time. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, so I was expecting something more towards the end, but there was nothing more. You just date all six, and you're you you date like a mushroom girl. You date <laughs> like a <laughs> you date a moth. You which her name is Masra. Masra. Yeah. Nice. You date you date another one that looks kind of like Gamera. 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 I love the idea. I love the idea of these monsters kind of being flirtatious with one another. Yeah. And then down below, underneath their feet, they're like stepping Stop on helpless citizens yeah. who are running away. So, so for every for every good thing that you guys like agree on, you destroy the monument that you're wrecking. If it's terrible, you don't destroy the monument. If it's if it's okay, you kind of hit the monument, but then you destroy the monument if you do awesome, and then you start making out, which is the most silliest thing. Now, nice. Yeah, but I, I think, but but this also has this a format of question and answer. So you get a question, you answer it. If it's this, then it's either good, medium, or bad, and 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 it's just like that mm -hmm. the entire time. So it's not so like a real deep hours, system or anything. It's just no, mm -hmm. not by no means. It's, so it's just, a fun, cute game. So just overall, who would you say this game would be good for? For like. People who like dating sims, or is this like, and uh, a waifu, like a, like some sort of, you know, person who likes, I don't know, just dating games. I guess that's the only thing I can think of. That's a good question. I think it's more for the person who, um, who just likes quick games, like quick, mm -hmm. fun, cheap, easy dating games. It's like, for those who weren't happy with the way uh, Kong versus Godzilla went down. They wanted them to see him, yeah. you know, get together yeah. in the end of it. So this is <laughs> fulfillment yeah. of fantasies. Is this the kind of game? Godzilla? What? Is this the kind of game where, like, if your wife walks in on you playing, she's just like, she should be uh, questioning things or questioning you? Oh, I mean, I, I would be questioning. My, <laughs> one of the one of the characters, I was questioning myself for a little bit. I was like, why am I dating this really buff guy? This buff eagle, or or or, or he's, I think he was a rock. You know, this buff rock was like, ooh, and I'm just like. Okay, so, so you you choose decisions based off of strength and, and manliness. So did you like get to choose at the end like which kaiju you end up with, or you just have to go through all of them? You just go through all of them. Oh, see, that's yeah. no fun. That, yeah, that's 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 the problem. Like I think you just end up with you know one of each. So you see, every one of them has their own story. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to read the story and stuff, and then you get the. You should have had to make oh, a choice. Like you should have been able to break uh, break Mosra's heart to go out with uh, Gigura or <laughs> I don't know. I, th I think I think one of the things they could have done is like towards the end, as like a once you date them all, you have to pick one. Yeah, yeah, and you have to come make a decision. That would have been interesting, but they don't, I'm they don't just thinking. I was just thinking about it. I kind of like how we kind of approach a lot of our game impressions or review vid type oriented stuff where like I, I kind of like how versus us putting normally we don't put numbers on our games we're talking about. We generally kind of more look at it as who is this game for and who might like it. You know, it's very much a more you can more of a recommendation type thing. I guess that's kind of what Skellop does. He right? says He's that, like, but every time we talked about a game, he gives a number at the end. He's like, oh, I think this might be like a seven. So. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I don't think so. When have I done that? Oh, you've done it. I'll go back and I'll make a clip. Next next week on the mm -hmm. podcast, I'll have a little uh, quick slide of all the times you've given scores to the games. So. Interesting. All right. So those are our games. Uh, we'll... Do you guys have any other, anything planned for uh, you're jumping into next? Other than me, everyone knows God of War 3. But 
Uh, not... Nothing else you have planned? Well, okay, so there is one other game, actually. I started before Tinyken. Um, you mentioned the one you were talking about? Yeah, I'm just, I'm not done with it. So it's a Immortality. Uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about this. Basically, like a I modern... saw some stuff on it. It's a modern FMV game, so think like Night Trap kind of stuff. It's Ooh. it's weird. Um, I don't have my opinions formalized yet. Like this is one of those games that you can't just like play for an hour and get. Like there's some weird stuff that happens. So um, hopefully I'll be able to finish. It. I'm trying to play it uh, with my wife, kind of watching along, playing with me too. So uh, hopefully we'll have time to finish it by next week, and then I'm sure I'll have some stuff to talk about with that because that's a that's a weird one. But cool. I have All right. Thing called bug snacks. I don't know. Oh yeah. Bug oh, snacks. I heard about. I yeah. heard about it. Yeah, yeah. Where you get to eat things and become that that object. It's mm-hmm. that. I saw a friend of mine play it, and it looked really fun. Well, it I just came to Game Pass, didn't it? It just came to Game yeah. Pass, yeah. It was a PlayStation oh. 5 game. Yep. Um, I have it installed on the PS5. I've been meaning to play it at some point. Yeah, I downloaded it for the Xbox, so it's it's there. It's just ready to go. Nice. So I just got to get into it. Actually, a reason... Oh, gosh. I was going to move us on, but last thing. I One thing I really like about Bug Snacks is on the trailer, when it first came out, the trailer, the people that did the song mm-hmm. was this... Um, Japanese British group or a Japanese pop British group called Caro Caro Bonito. And they do the main song for that trailer or the main song for bug snacks in general. I really like that. Fun, yeah. fun fact. Uh, it, it's cool. a fun Bob. I like it. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to move us on. So it's Phoenix. Did you want to get the uh, timer going here in a second? Uh-huh. One second. There we go. Got the right so background. Once again, on. now the now speed run news. Speed run thanks, news. Thanks, thanks, thanks. I got a cool Phoenix. background too. I know you guys can't see it, but it's awesome. So. That's kind of cool. I don't, I don't mind it. I'll allow it. Oh, you'll um, allow it. Thanks. I just want to see Chaz's beautiful face. <laughs> All right. So... so um, the way this kind of works is we read the premise of the topic and then we start a timer and we just kind of go at it. So uh, we'll have to talk a little bit quicker, I suppose, since we have one more <coughs> one more person to chop up the five minutes yeah. with. But that's all fine. We'll be quick. All right. Basically, each person gets their one opinion out and that's that's it. <laughs> all right. You want to go and set us up for the first topic, Jazz? Sure. This one, there really ain't much to read out. I mean, basically, DC Fandom in 2022 has been canceled, if you guys don't know. Um, uh, I'm, I'm guessing all of the stuff is starting to... What is it? The, the What's the term? The chicken is beginning to roost? Well, I, don't, I don't know. All the stuff going on with DC and their, their, their fallings uh, starting to kind of catch up with them. I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys go ahead. Are you guys sad, disappointed, shocked? Um, have, have you guys even watched one of these DC fandom events? Here's the thing: I don't watch any event anymore, at least not live. Like I see, I, all of them. I have no life. There, well, I don't know. I feel like there's too much fluff in a lot of them. I like to see the you know, aftermath, like all the trailers and everything, so I can run through all the news in like five minutes. So that's what I've done in the past for these fandoms. Like they air, I go on whatever site, Polygon, IGN, Kotaku, whatever, see the big rundown, see the trailers, and then I'm I'm good. Um, I know their rationale for this was that, well, you know, people are starting to get back to in-person events and they want to shift to that. Like they just had, you know, San Diego Comic-Con and they had a presence there. So that's BS. This is totally, I think this is totally because they are in shambles and they have no idea what their roadmap looks like. And they don't even know if the freaking what's his name? Ezra Miller flash move. They don't even know if that movie's yeah. coming out right now. Aquaman has been pushed back multiple times. They yeah, they've got Superman a lot is. of. They don't know who Batman is. It's just. Yeah, they just is. had. Didn't, um, it was the head of War, uh, Warner Brothers, right? He just switched over, or was it no? Uh, 
who, it was Discovery, I think, whoever. Is, yeah, well, they got bought out. Now. So, yeah, yeah much of cancellations oh, and whatnot. Um, sounds I, like they're cleaning house. Well, they're definitely making some different decisions with, you know, Batgirl being canceled. And you're right, they have a lot of just, oh, I don't even know the right word to say it, just some PR nightmarish things going on with Ezra Miller and Amber Heard fallout. And it's like, not a good look for anything DC related. Ezra just went into rehab last week. Cause he's like desperately trying not to have them cancel the movie. He's like, nah, I'm okay. Dude, that guy's career is done. Like, I mean, I hate to say that he's about done. anybody, but say they like, you know, Amber Heard, she's done. Like, um, so they're getting these like fairly main act, uh, characters in these, you know, franchise or IPs are trying to get going between flash and Aquaman. And they're just, dropping like flies man so i don't know it's kind of a shame i guess i don't know like dc i've been back and forth on a lot as far as if i care about what they're doing i don't know, I know you're um you're more keen on them than i am jazz so maybe you're more distraught about this i don't know i i'm not distraught at all i i'm not surprised it didn't shock me i'm kind of just what it uh, whatever you know i'm not looking forward to black adam or shazam 2 neither of those movies i think I don't know. I, I don't I even know what like, to say anymore. Good. Yeah, I always feel like their movies are kind of whatever. They're just they're they're always falling behind on everything, so it's kind of like I don't know. Their movies for some reason are very like formulaic. Like mm. they just they they have the same plot lines, the same arcs for characters. It's I don't even think they're approaching. Has it been five minutes yet, or am I? You still got two minutes. You're good. Okay. I don't even think they're approaching Black Adam the right way. I think Black Adam is supposed to be a. a you know, a, a, an anti-hero and like he kind of just seems like a hero in this upcoming yeah, movie. They it's don't like, want to make The Rock a bad guy, though. They want him to be like um, they're probably banking on The Rock to be part of the brand, the face of the whole Shazam side of things. The Rock is a The Rock yeah. is a funny character, funny actor, though. I feel like it it's more on brand for him to be a villain than some lovable, <laughs> you know, um, like, I don't know, maybe, but they're want, they don't want a, him to be a villain. who's like one and done. They want to be able to milk him for this franchise in one way, shape or form. So I don't know. I think that's probably why they're not making him go the straight up evil route. They're probably trying to make it where, you know, he can have more team ups in the future and stuff like that. So they can keep him around. That'd be my thought. Yeah. I mean, he, he seems like a way of uh, making a lot of money for the company. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. They could have gotten anybody else if they really wanted to. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they just went with him for a reason. Well, should've he's a big name. Yeah, she got <laughs> yeah, big name. You know what happened? Should have got me. Chaz Adam. <laughs> Chaz Adam? I don't know. I, I don't think it's a big deal. They've canceled their fandom. I don't know how huge it really ever was for anybody. I mean, I'm sure there are bigger DC fans out there, but you're going to, regardless if they were in shambles or not, they were going to, you know, release news about whatever, you know, new stuff they have coming down the pipeline, regardless, whether it be through Comic-Con or individual little events they do kind of off the cuff. So I don't think they're missing, anybody's really missing much from this being canceled, but it's not even like, it's not even just their movie side. Like their video game side is also like questionable. Cause I mean, uh, what was it? Um, uh, dead, uh, Suicide Squad, the game. Suicide Squad got pushed back, and now the new Batman Arkham game. People have been questioning how good it looks. It's not an Arkham game. It's Gotham Knights, not Arkham. Gotham Knights, whatever. Oops. All right, final 10 seconds. Any last thoughts? Uh, no, I'm, that's it. That's all I had to say. I don't care. <laughs> but leave me alone. <laughs> if, I had a fart, if I had a fart noise button, I'd press it on this topic. 
Alright, there is the timer. I'm going to go ahead and reset it. Chaz, why don't you go ahead and prep mm -hmm. us for the next one. Alright, so something very close to me and Phoenix's heart. I don't know about you, Metal Gamer. Um, but the one of our fav one of my personal favorite games of all time, uh, there is a movie being made about the original Bioshock video game, and that game or that movie had has been in development heck for a long time, and just recently they sounds like they finally found their their director, their person to kind of helm this project. Um, let me see if I can see who this is. So Netflix announced on Thursday uh, that Francis, Francis Lawrence. Lawrence yeah. Yeah, known for his work on the Hunger Games series and 2005's I Am Legend, will be directing an adaptation of Bioshock's uh, 2007 Bioshock. Uh, see, Logan he also and Blade did Runner Constantine too, um, which I thought was interesting. I love Constantine. That was yeah. a great movie. That was a great very underappreciated comic book movie. Most a lot of people don't talk about, in my opinion. One of one of uh, Keanu was that the was that the downtime for Keanu, or was that him when he was hot? That was like in the downtime. That was like right? trailing off, like. Uh, I can't remember if that came out before or after I the last Matrix. After Matrix, I think. Yeah, I liked it though, but that's just me. Yeah. All right, I'll start but the overall, I mean, for you guys, I mean, how do you feel? I mean, are you looking forward to the Bioshock movie? I mean, video game adaptations to film are always hit or miss. Hit or <laughs> more miss than hit. But I mean, what do you guys think? Are you are are you do you looking forward to it? Go ahead, Metal Gamer. You started it. Started out. Well, I like I liked Bioshock One a lot. A lot. I, I got into game. it pretty pretty hard. And um I, to be honest, because of the way a lot of the video game adaptations have been, I have no high hopes for any of this. But it's all I mean, this is also, you know, I'm also the same guy who's like, Hey, look, Butthead just came out, I'm gonna go watch it <laughs> and it's like it's the same old stuff which i enjoy so in my opinion i think i will watch it because i like it and i will probably criticize it but yeah. at the end of the day you know it's just fun to watch you know i guess it's just fun to watch a movie I, yeah. um, i'd be very curious to know like what direction they're gonna go in like are they gonna do the the typical rapture undersea thing with fontaine and all that stuff or i think they... that's the issue like what like what is the bioshock story that's going to fit well you could go in any direction i mean like are they going like, to try to just do a one-to-one -one of the first movie or not movie i'm sorry the first game but that's tricky because your character was a voiceless protagonist like he had a story but you were just kind of you know filling the shoes so they have to flesh that out which is going to be tricky uh, and whenever you try to do something one-to-one -one, you're just opening yourself up to criticism um I am also worried too because so it's a Netflix adaptation, and they don't have a great trend when it comes to all these adaptations. Like um, they just had the what the Resident Evil show, which um, I tried watching it. It was really bad. My wife watched it, and I watched pieces of it, and I was not you know overly impressed with the bit I saw. And I critically, it has not done well. Episode. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's a worrying thought. I mean, looking at the director and the writer, there's definitely some you know nice credits to their name, so that's encouraging. But I don't know. I don't even know what what Bioshock story I would want to see play out on the screen. Honestly, I feel like a Bioshock um, Infinite story would play out better in a movie than mm -hmm. Bioshock 1. I think Bioshock 1, there's too much around it. I don't know. It'd be hard to kind of narrow down what the plot is. Like, are you doing it before Rapture Falls? After? Do they have to find some side character? Like, I don't know. That'd be, that'd be hard. 
I, I'd be I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to see Jack Black as the main character <laughs> running around. His name's Jack, right? That was the protagonist's Kill, name. Killing all the splicers. That's what they do. Just make it a comedy, like a dark comedy, <laughs> and then we're good. Cast The Rock as Andrew Ryan and Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart, the usual suspects. Just get the whole cast of Jumanji in here. Forget oh, uh, was it a uh, Cohen can be <laughs> freaking yeah. Hart. Let's just, uh, let's just get Kevin Smith in there. Oh, that's, no. <laughs> a, that's another thing though is like you were saying about the direction what the, the style they're going to go for i mean for people who have played the first game that whole first game hinges on that shock and surprise of what happens with um with andrew ryan and everything and it's like for people who know that story and know where things go it's like would that be in it? Would that be an entertaining movie if you know what happens with? That's true for any video game adaptation. You could argue that's the true for any adaptation. Period. Whether it be a book or a game, like those fans who have read the other medium, they know the twists and the turns coming up. So, that's honestly this movie. I don't think would be for gamers. Like it would be something that is going to be marketed towards a broader audience that just cares about watching movies, not necessarily playing games. Like they'll get some of the gamer audience, but. Let's be real. That's not what I think they're really going for here. Um, oh, I had an example I wanted to mention, but it slipped my mind of another show. But, that... is, but is Nana going to want to see mutated humans underneath the sea? Well, okay, not Nana. I'm not talking about like your grandma, but there are like other <laughs> like there are like other like people who are maybe in like horror movies or thriller movies that really don't play games. I mean, they're just a little older. Maybe, you know, games don't as in a medium they interact with well, but movies are. And Bioshock, I mean, it's a really cool plot. It's a really cool location and narrative. So there's there's potential there. This is just going to be a hard, I think, um, narrative to tread through and find the right um, script, the right narrative that doesn't piss off all the gamers and at the same time also serves a comprehensive kind of competent story to other audiences. Yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of, actually? I don't know how much my time we have. But... Seven seconds. <laughs> oh, no, just finish God. your last thought. Just finish your last okay. thought. Well, I was just gonna say, I just hope. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I saw the, the un- Uncharted, and mm-hmm. I didn't yes, get to watch that one. That's the movie I, I was not, thinking of. I did not. I did not like it at all. If you are I mean, a fan of the game, you hate that movie. Like I hated watching it, but it did really well because most people didn't care about the movie. They just wanted to see a fun action movie with Mark Wahlberg uh, and Tom Holland, and it sold well because of it. Uh, what are you talking? What are you talking about, Drake? You can totally make that jump. That's pretty Tom good. Holland. They should have hired you for Sully. You for probably Sully, could have huh? got a better mustache Sully. too. Just saying. <laughs> I'm dude, Sully, Sully was the one that pissed me off the most. I was like, yeah. dude, that's an old guy. What the hell? Yeah. Why he look so young? And then I was like, Tom Holland. Why? They they could have handed him the script why? for the hap- for the happening, and it would have been the same outcome. <laughs> anyway, let's continue on. All right, yeah. next topic. If we want to discuss that? We can discuss that next time. Yeah. Right. So These we will move on to something a little bit more downish, but uh, just the previous uh, what was the, this? Probably about a week or two ago, Sony made the odd decision, or I don't know, if may have been may have been smart on their half, but they made the decision to raise the price of PlayStation Five consoles in certain regions. So uh, Jim Ryan said, as of uh, well. I don't know when this was Thursday of some of some other week, but the company will increase the retail price of PS5 in Canada, Mexico, Europe, the UK, Australia, Japan, and China, but not apparently in the United States. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty Um, sure these prices are live now too. 
Oh, oh so they've already gone live probably by now? I think yeah. so. It was either like early this month or end of last month. Because this, this news is like three, four weeks ago. Maybe not four weeks, but it was like two or three weeks. I think by, in terms of like price point, I think it, in each region it's about a $50 increase for, well, if you compare it to the American yeah, dollar. Yeah, I did a pseudo breakdown. Like for euros, it's about 50 more euros. If you're doing by pounds in the UK, it's about 30 pound difference. So it's you know, increased enough that... It's definitely discouraging. So, and another thing that's very discouraging about this is I put it in the notes, but a couple weeks even prior to this, Sony had raised the price of yeah. the the Quest 2, you know, Facebook Sony or whatever that. Sony didn't raise the price. They don't have or any face- Facebook raised price, yeah. Meta did. Meta, yeah. Oh, why do I have that in there? That, what does that that's, have to do? You have, they followed a similar update. Um, oh, I see, I see. Well, here's the, the crux that they're all kind of falling back on, like, there are still chip shortages, chip part shortages, shortages yeah. um, and they're you know to keep up with demand and you know the price hikes for all the parts, they're raising the price, uh, passing it on to the consumer essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a bad look. Like not that I inherently, I mean I get why they're doing it, but here's the thing: it's a bad move for one because this is a really competitive space right now for the new consoles, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean the Switch in, um, or I should say, Microsoft and Nintendo both came out saying they're not changing the price, so they are mm-hmm. eating whatever you know cost is coming up here. Um, so right. that's just a big ding against Sony. And some I of these some markets are saying tough. that. Good. Oh, sorry. Now I saw some people saying Xbox should lower their price, and I was just like, why? I mean, I don't. They don't need to now. They don't need to. Yeah. Like now, they just stay the same, and they're still going to look like the good guys because of it. And then it's an. I mean, I there are some different arguments why they're not raising it in the U.S. Like uh, I guess some people are saying, well, the American dollar is stronger than it was six months ago. Um, but here's why I think the real thing is like in most markets, Sony still has an edge on Microsoft. Like I'm pretty sure over in Europe, they're still higher. Same thing with Japan. In the States, oh, yeah. though, it's getting a lot closer. And they probably don't want to, you know, give any extra wiggle room there for mm-hmm. Microsoft to have even more of an influence over the market. Because, I mean, say what you will, but Microsoft, and they've all gone back and forth on, you know, consumer-friendly practices. But it's, you know, good friend Microsoft right now. Like, they're making some pretty friendly um, uh, decisions with how they can benefit consumers. And Sony's and coming just, across pretty harsh. It's just going to further lead into another topic right after this, yeah, too, yeah. about... Xbox over making oh, yeah. making the right moves apparently, but the other thing um, too. Yeah. I'm sorry, I know I'm, I'm taking up all this time, but Sony no, kind good. of um, stealthily already raised the price of the PS5. Like I was mentioning this earlier, like um, right now you can get a PS5 a lot easier if you go for that Horizon bundle. So you have to already pay an extra what fifty sixty dollars just to have that version with that digital copy of the game. So technically, if you want to get a PS5 right now, you're paying, at least in the States, 560 is you know, whatever comparative it is, you know, across the... I, across I got the mine right before they did this, too. So, yeah. um, well, actually, it doesn't affect us in the U.S. anyway. But, but still, I mean, um, that's how they kind of hit the U.S. market, too. And though they aren't officially raising our, um, um, our cost or our MSRP, they already did by adding the uh, Horizon bundle. I don't. Th- I think that's specific to the states. I could be wrong, but that was mm-hmm. our price increase. They just didn't formalize it as such. I wouldn't be surprised if they start pulling out like more limited edition bundles just to do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it's kind. It's kind of on brand for Sony though, because remember they raised 
just this um this generation you know they raised the price of games all of their games are what like brand new titles are 70 yeah but that was coming into the generation like you set a price and i'm not saying that i agree Mm -hmm. with that but you know coming into something you set whatever the expectation is going to be so they were shooting for that 70 dollar mark which yes it's already crappy but i can't think of any um situation ever in gaming where as a console has been released it's gotten more expensive at a random point unless it's just been you know like supply and demand like people scalping it like the actual msrp jumping up it's always supposed to get cheaper i know there's outside or external influences with you know shortages and whatnot but man this is one of those times as a company you should try to take that hit especially when things are as close with the competition as they are right now so one thing i would be very curious to see how this affects and something i just thought about but um i know at some point this a lot of people have been expecting this year or next or at some point next year is the uh, announcement of a PSVR 2. I would be very curious if they're having such production issues. I wouldn't expect... I mean, if you're going to... I would think you'd be affected heavily. Like, I'd, I'd, I would think you would push that off as long as you can. Oh, no, that's until coming. production is better to start putting that out. I don't think it's about production. They, they're making units, but they want to get that out. They want to start selling that hardware because they probably have a lot of investment in that hardware right now. Um, I'm pretty sure they already have that slated to come out early next year. Like, they, it was supposed to be out this year, but it, I believe people have speculated that it got pushed back already. So next year at some point. Like, I think it's less going to be a more of a pushback thing. I think it's going to be the price that we end up seeing on this VR2 headset is going to be obscene. Um, how much was the first one? Probably four or five. The first one, I don't even know what the original retail was, but it's like two to three hundred bucks right now. Um, <laughs> uh, there's our time. So, okay. Well, that will lead us into yeah. the next one, though. Yeah. Um, here, I'll let, I'll let Phoenix, you want to do this one? Yeah, so you dubbed this uh, subtopic Salty PlayStation. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, as everybody um, who's been following gaming for any period of time recently, they know that, you know, Microsoft is trying to get their hands on Activision Blizzard and King. Is that what it is? Or uh, yeah, Candy Crush? Yeah. Um, Microsoft owns them now. Well, no, they're trying to. It's their part of, that's part of the deal. That's Activision Blizzard King. Deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, they're trying to get that to go through regulations. And, you know, it's been this big, you know, hullabaloo of going through, you know, different people reviewing it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're getting some more pushback. Um, but one of the big things that everybody's arguing about is, okay, well, Microsoft's going to get Call of Duty and can make it exclusive. And Call of Duty's this big, you know, golden goose kind of game that um, if you take that away from Sony, they're going to crash and burn. <laughs> uh, I think that's like the big fear or something so um microsoft came out trying to be like oh no we're gonna play nice they had good conversations with uh, sony back in january being like oh we're gonna let you have the game for several more years being all they said three years well, they, there was a that's not offer deal okay but that's what here's the thing they didn't um publicize three years they you gotta think wording here like they were coming across very pr friendly several years could mean anything so that's how microsoft was phrasing it really? and, oh it's totally a pr thing yeah but that's, I think, what just teed off or ticked off um, Sony because I guess they didn't want to disclose any of this. And then they fired back after Phil Spencer came out, you know, discussing how things are going well on the, you know, Sony Microsoft front. And Sony's like, well, not really. We were pretty um, uh, offended by <laughs> the um, offer they gave us. It was three years. And we don't think that's right for them to be keeping Call of Duty away from PlayStation owners. We want to make sure PlayStation owners get the best Call of Duty experience, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I guess Microsoft, you know, their proposition undermined Sony's principle on the matter. So 
I don't know. That's that is the current kind of argument or the um, feelings with Sony versus Microsoft. So take it from there. Ultimately, for me, it's like I, I do think I, I just named it Salty PlayStation because I wanted to be an annoying. They are salty. So, no, sound like true. an annoying fanboy or something. But ultimately, to me, it is two mega corporations fighting over, you know, an IP, an IP and money and stuff. So. I, well, okay, it does affect the consumer, though. I don't want to act like it doesn't. Like, depending on how this deal plays out, that's going to impact what platform consumers go to. So, I mean, yes, you have two mega corporations arguing it out. It's not about think, feeling bad for either of them, but mm-hmm. there is a fallout here. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, actually, no, I did mean to cut you off. <laughs> but... <laughs> go ahead, game. Go ahead, Metal Gamer. I want to hear what you, what you have to Me? say. Oh, gosh. I, I just think that it's it's... <laughs> like you said, it's two corporations fighting over just something ridiculous, like a big franchise like Call of Duty. Like it's just I like two kids where they're like, "It's my toy, my toy." Mm-hmm. My Pretty toy. much, and you know what? It's you know, it's they're they're blocking off. If if, if it does mm-hmm. happen that way, they're blocking off a whole entire fan base who's like you know, obviously you know who plays this, who plays that game heavily. So, I mean. I just think it's, uh, it's, it's just, very, it's, it's just, very, it's very hypocritical because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't think me, who's owned an Xbox the last few generations, what, you don't think I wouldn't have wanted to play Spider Man? Like, I've missed out on Spider Man. I mean, now I can play it, but there were generations where I would have loved to have played. Yeah, know, it's very disingenuous of, of Sony. Yeah. Like, here's the thing: exclusives have been a thing going back till you know the Sega Nintendo days, and they've all been vying for here's the reason to be on our platform. So, mm-hmm. for Sony to be upset that Xbox is trying to you know make this IP exclusive is pretty disingenuous and hypocritical because they do it with all the franchises that they create or they own, and you're the ones they don't. Like, um, they go out and they, they just bought Bungie. Now, they haven't made Destiny, you know, exclusive yet, but for the longest time, content was exclusive on Destiny on the PlayStation platform. So, I don't know. It At least uh, Jim Ryan's um, kind of take on this and his comment against um, Phil Spencer. Jim Ryan's been very annoying since he's taken over PlayStation, man. He just... Yeah keep saying stuff and it's just like i don't know dude just be quiet yeah and here's the thing too like uh, everybody or you know i know like the uk is even trying to push back against this acquisition but i i don't feel i'm not, not a big fan of all this consolidation i do not feel that microsoft owning activision blizzard or you know the like is going to be a monopoly or is going to ruin any of these other platforms i mean here's the thing so if we're worried about call of duty if that's the only game we're really concerned about here the switch hasn't had call of duty it can't even run the dang thing. So, and they are the best-selling system, or pretty close to it in most markets. So clearly Call of Duty is not the thing you must have to be a successful video game company. So Microsoft getting, whether they do you know full exclusives three years down the line, or if they you know, do some other kind of licensing so Sony can still you know have access to the IP, that's neither here or there. Sony is going to be just fine, one way or the other. This is just Sony not mm-hmm. wanting... They don't want to have more competition. They're, they're afraid of this competition that Microsoft is going to start posing if they get that many IP. And to be fair, Microsoft becomes really, really appealing if they do if this goes through. I mean, they're already looking more appealing with what they're offering on Game Pass. They get all the Activision stuff, meaning all the Call of Duties. You get all the Blizzard stuff, like the Diablos, and all the... Like, it's a huge win for them, and I get that, but it's still not going to kill Sony. Yeah. 
they have plenty of IPs they can feed off of anyway. Like they have a bunch of publishers and stuff too that create fantastic games. Mm-hmm. So I don't see what I, I, I get it, but they'll be just fine. They'll Ultimately, just fine. I'll say it again. Ultimately, to me, it's it seems like two little children playing over a toy truck, and then then you got Nintendo sitting in the corner eating crayons. You know, it's just <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. You need sushi. So you got forty five uh, seconds. 45 seconds. I don't have anything else to say. I mean, ultimately for me, it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's like trying to pick sides when, uh, Epic is suing Apple for the, for the percentage of, of revenue on, on the Apple service for, for Fortnite. It's just like, it's like, I mean, yeah, Apple sucks. They're charging. I think they were charging like 30% of transactions that, which run. is fairly standard here that's the thing too you have to think about like right now if uh, call of duty sells on playstation's um storefront playstation gets 30 percent of all that sold that's really what this is about it's them yeah. losing out on their platform um percentage if it goes on xbox they lose out on that or they have to pay microsoft because of it yeah i don't think there is a perceived good guy bad guy here i mean i, I would say maybe X- xbox is probably on the right side because they're the ones who have actually like put forth the capital to purchase this item. So it's like, well, it is theirs or will be, I mean, you know, it's their game. They should be allowed to handle it however they want. And I don't know, as I'm not a huge fan of all the consolidation, I definitely understand the argument against it. And I agree with it, but I don't think this is going to be the end all be all. It's not going to be a monopoly in some ways. I'm hoping it ends up being better for, you know, Activision Blizzard employees. Microsoft takes over. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think some good to this acquisition. So I hope it actually makes it through. Mm-hmm. So where are we at? Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, that's our speed runs. So it went smoothly yeah. enough. Do you want to tackle this next one like a speed run as well, or did you just want to hint? Do you have a lot to say on this one? I don't know if I have a lot, but I know uh, whenever we talk Halo, things go on a little bit longer right, so you know what to turn five minutes on we'll turn this into another speed run because I don't, I don't have a heck of a whole lot all right well well hold on i've got to turn my icon on now i'm making things difficult for me hold on i'll intro this one i know i got so, the time we're good and uh as the the largest uh halo content creator channel on the on the youtubes and as we are known as people know us <laughs> also uh, basically, Halo is furthering, kind of just ticking off people in general and turning people off. In my opinion, to their 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 newest game of Halo Infinite. Um, if in a recent, what was it? Just an update. That, it was a pretty anticipated update, though, from what I understand from the Halo community as a whole, because a lot of people have been wondering what's going on with some of the co-op and Forge-oriented things. But basically, what Halo, um, the updates that they put out was. A couple decent things, but mostly a bunch of bad news for people who like Halo Infinite. So uh, what they've said is that now Season 2 will extend into March, which Season 2 was, or that Season 3 was supposed to be coming up. So now that's been pushed back. Um, they they still have two new maps that are going to be coming out sometime in November. Um, the Forge beta is now slipping from September to later in the year, which once again, it's just more content that's just being moved around, pushed back. Um, local co- uh, the biggest news for for a lot of people was now local co-op split screen is canceled online is still a go um their reasoning for this apparently is that they wanted to allocate or reallocate resources um towards building a better live service and furthering their live service commitments and i guess just my That's overall kind of take I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah i guess my overall just take on this is 
a main question is just, which I've seen other people like uh, IGN on Unlock, they ask this question, but is the live service model hurting Halo? It's not because about it, it being a live service model. It's about the way this company is handling live service. Like Halo with constant updates could be great if it was handled like um, Apex or Overwatch or whatever, where every couple of months you get a new map, you get a new battle pass, you get a whatever. That's honestly would be really good for the multiplayer side of things because there would always be a reason to come back to it. The problem is this is not being handled like a live service game. Like a live service game has updates every couple of months. This game has been out almost a year now. We're only in the second season and that second season has now been extended however many extra months. It's going to be like a 10 month long season. The third time it's been pushed back, I think. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And here's like I was, um, I advocate I think for three four three prior to a lot of this because I will say as far as like where they finally got into with having like a core gameplay for Halo kind of like ironed out, they they finally found it right. Halo Infinite I thought played really well. It was a good modern realization of Halo. The campaign wasn't terrible. The multiplayer core was pretty solid. But now you have to take that and do something with it. And they're showing that they don't have the capability to do that. And that argument about dropping local co-op, something they promised, by the way, they said way back when in Halo 5, when people were mad about that, that they are going to promise that future Halo games will have local couch co-op, because that's a pillar of the Halo gameplay. Mm -hmm. And now they've canceled that, so they can allocate resources to live service. This is not some budget indie studio. This is Microsoft's, like... They hired them specifically. Microsoft, the guys here, just spent $70 billion <laughs> to mm -hmm. buy Activision Blizzard. They could chuck some extra money at 343 to get some more developers to make local co-op work. This is the developer that Microsoft gave Halo to. How much more resources could you possibly need? And it's not I just mean... gave to. They built this studio for Halo. Like, yeah. that was it. And that Halo is arguably Microsoft's biggest most recognizable self-created ip so the fact that they wouldn't be willing to throw more resources at it to make it work and we know they will do that because they delayed the entire game a year before it even came out to give them more time to make stuff work so there's there's some stuff not working behind the scenes at um, 343 which is disappointing sorry did you want to do you have anything to say metal gamer i know you're not a Halo. i have nothing to say to this i just okay. think it sounds ridiculous i like, get ranty about this and i'm not even like the biggest halo guy i know you wouldn't know that coming from these podcast uh discussions but i know <laughs> it's ridiculous like, i do i do like halo like i go through spurts especially when a new one comes out that i get into it for a while and you know, i dig back into the lore and i enjoy playing through camp especially campaign co-op like not that I care as much about the local side, to be honest with me personally, but the fact that they didn't even have co-op at launch, I thought was super disappointing. Um, and you saw, too, that local co-op actually works in the game. People found glitches yeah. to actually make it yeah, work. people found glitches to make it work. Granted, their issue might be that it works well on the Series X. It may not work so well on the Xbox One, and they don't want to you know, make that call. But There's, there's people that have been making the argument that, like, that like this team put so much time into correcting bugs and fixes if they put that much time into creating content for the game it would just be so much more successful i don't why think that's fair why are you correcting bugs though that people are that people think actually makes the game experience more fun like like the the airplane what is it the thing you the scarab gun that's yeah that's that doesn't hurt that's not taking 
money away from Halo or 343. That's not bug fixes though and stuff like that. Like that's a it's on here's the thing too. A lot of times those are different departments. So it isn't just like, oh, just because I'm fixing a bug, that doesn't mean we're not working on content. Like from a game development standpoint, these teams are siloed. So I I don't think that's a fair judgment. I think those are people not understanding the behind the scenes on how these teams work. Like you have a team that is for QA bug testing. You have a team that's for developing new content and working on, you know, multiplayer. Like just because one team is fixing bugs, that doesn't mean the other team's not working on content. Now it might mean that other team is sucking at making new content or maybe yeah. going a little slow on it. But that just because you see an update about a bug being fixed, that's not a fair thing to say, oh well no, they should be working on making a new map for Halo instead. Like I don't like that argument personally. No. Maybe that's just me being oh, ranty. Stop, stop pushing back on me. I, 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 I didn't think I was going to get any pushback there. Oh, that's all. That's I thought, all I, thought I, I was in the clear. <laughs> no. But no, no I am. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're 10 seconds if we're sticking to this timer. I told you I'd be ranty about this. Oh, I'm fine. I mean, th- to me, it's just, again, it's just what, what, what resources could you possibly need? I mean, you're supposed to be like the flagship title for an entire console. And, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's a resource thing. I think there's a management issue behind the scenes. There's something bigger going on here that they're not alluding to. This could be one of those stories we hear about. Jason Schreier is going to throw up on Bloomberg about uh, you know all the terrible things happening at Bun- uh, 343 over the past. I say Bundy, <laughs> 343 over the past eight years with the Halo development. Uh, some big uh, insider thing. Can I throw one more idea? I know we're at five, but. Um... Hey, I didn't Some, want to put the timer on in the first place. I'm getting rid of it. Oh, you're fine. I just have one more idea. Something someone else mentioned on the pod, on another podcast, I think it was Unlocked, is um, something that Microsoft has totally like like um, brandished and has totally talked about how they they that they like doing now is they ver- they like giving freedom and being very handoffish with some of these IPs and they. They boasted that they did that with Halo, where they tried. They gave three four three a lot of wiggle room and time and all that stuff, and uh. I think Ryan McCaffrey on the Unlocked uh, podcast said something to the to the avail of like, is is it a problem that Microsoft is so handoffish with their largest IP? Like, do they need to have a tighter squeeze on three four three? Unfortunately, you know, because I mean, you want to give you want to give your devs wiggle room, but if they're not performing or a developer, you know, if they're not producing, I mean, hey man, you gotta you know gotta hit you know. I don't, I don't say. I almost said hit them. <laughs> you gotta hit the nail on the head. You know. Well, there know. there should be milestones and goals. Like any business for any product, even though you say they're being more hands off, there are still goals and milestones they should be reaching. And you can be flexible with those. Like if you're trying to give you know a developer you know wiggle room, you can stretch out their dates. You can give them more resources, whatever it may be, for them to hit a milestone. But there still needs to be. A milestone where like if they don't hit this mm-hmm. they don't succeed on this yes the publisher whoever's in charge should intervene now i'm sure that's happened like here's that we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes what microsoft's no, really doing they could have been micromanaging this whole thing for all we know maybe they have ruins maybe they pushed the live service aspect of this and that's what messed up 343 we don't really know i said well i think we'll find out 10 years from now what really happened behind the scenes with halo infinite but uh, I will say whatever is happening behind the scenes is not going in favor of this game. Like, I, I don't see it coming back. I mean, Forge is going to help. Whenever Forge does finally release, if it's solid, that's going to bring back part of the community. But it's never going to be what it could have been. This game could have been the best Halo ever if they could have actually come out strong out of the gate with all their features intact and could support it in a true live service every couple of months getting support. 
and that's the foundation for this game was there man we talked about how much we liked the movement the gameplay the shooting it all felt great problem is just that the content wasn't there unfortunately i don't know the, the story was okay i mean it could have been better but you know pvp was was solid and fun it just i don't know they just didn't support it the whole their whole you know what was it tenrai event and all that stuff it never i don't know i didn't like how they operated their leveling up and all that yeah they I don't mean, handle three they don't i was gonna say three, three they don't handle live service well whether that be a Microsoft thing or a 343 thing, they don't understand live services for whatever reason it is. But I don't know. Are you ready to see someone else besides 343 take the reins or you want to make a Halo I, Infinite I, 2 and try to do better? If I'm Microsoft, when it comes to Halo, I have the, the red alert blaring. I mean, I think it's time you find someone else. I mean, the problem, though, is like, well, they invested I mean, so much in the studio. They invested like, so much, and the studio is named after Halo, so it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe, I mean, they're supposed to support this game for, what was it, this is probably a several year supported game, so oh, yeah. maybe continue let them do in that, and you gave, you know, you give the next game to some other studio, I don't know. Maybe Halo, Halo uh, spinoff kind of thing with one of the new Activision studios. They have the Call of Duty devs make a new Halo. Maybe I'd still say, man. I I think Microsoft best thing they have going is some of the uh, Bethesda stuff. Like, I would love to see ID give give ID, man, give ID software. I love what they did with Doom. Shoot, give them Halo. I don't care. You know what I mean? Find somebody else. I see. I'm still nervous about that. Like, this is why I wasn't keen on initially saying another company should take over besides three four three. Because it took three four three a long time to figure out how Halo is supposed to feel and making modernizing it out. The, 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 the foundation is you there. You give this to it id, is. it is not going to be Halo. Like, id makes a very particular type of game. Like, the dooms and stuff they've created are incredible, but that's doom. Like, you it's a different You want to see Master DNA. Chief blasting his arm through eyeballs and, <laughs> and Honestly, ripping off limbs? I, I don't. Like, it'd be <laughs> funny. Mean, no, but like, here's the it'd be It'd be interesting to see a take of uh, Halo like that. But that's not what's going to appease Halo players. At its core, there needs to be that Halo gameplay. And you give mm-hmm. it to a developer like that, and they're going to inject their DNA into it, for better or for worse, and it's not going to be Halo. So, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be like a whole different developer that isn't already making a certain type of shooter take this over and try their hand at it. Maybe that would still give them a chance to kind of keep that core Halo gameplay intact. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. My very last thought before moving on is it's crazy if you look at how well supported apparently Destiny is with Bungie and it's like you could have had Bungie still with you if I don't know you had to let them go and now every you know Destiny people still love going back to Destiny I don't know oh there's there's more um, what is it water under that bridge or however you want to say it they're like they didn't just let Bungie go <laughs> there was a lot of bad they blood there. But that's a whole other argument. Yeah, I won't we'll go into that on. rant. It's fine. This is a la- officially the last time we talk about Halo. <laughs> liar. liar. If I could tell all the times you've lied on this podcast, man, your nose be growing. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're going to move on to a major event. Not major event, but a big event that we missed that we uh, I definitely wanted to at least touch on. I had a couple interesting things. But uh, over in Germany, in Cologne, there was Gamescom, which is always, you know, it's one of the major events. I mean, what would you say? There's, well, in years past, there was always E3, Gamescom, uh, Game Tokyo Awards, Game Show. Gamescom, Tokyo Game Show, which I think Tokyo Game Show is coming up, isn't yeah. it? Soon. 
and I think Pax is another one too, right? Pax, yeah, I forgot about Pax. Yeah, yeah. yeah Pax, Pax is really isn't it more indie focused though? Or am I, I mean, wrong on that? Still, still games. I mean, not true. The day. So I actually didn't think there was a heck of a whole lot. I felt like this game Gamescom was a little slow, but I did have a couple major announcements, and I don't have everything. But the stuff I felt was the most interesting, I at least put down here and. I don't have much notes on. I just have. We'll just talk about what you guys think about the announcement in general. Um, so one of the more interesting things I thought was there was a new Dune game that was announced called Awakening, which is an open world survival MMO. I mean, any interest from you guys in Dune? Uh, in Dune? No. Dune's cool. Dune game. I like. I don't have a lot of feelings one way or the other about it. I know isn't the developer for this the same uh, developers doing with that Conan Exiles game? Oh, I don't remember. I don't mm, have that. Pretty sure. Um, which that could be a really good thing in your eye, or a really bad thing. Like um, a lot of people liked that Conan Exiles game, for what I understand. Plenty of people did mm. not. So you know, keep take that for what it's worth when evaluating what this game is going to be. They revealed nothing about this game that I saw. Like. No, it was, it was a, a very basic trailer. Yeah, no gameplay, cinematic. cinematic kind of thing. So, if you're into Dune, cool. I mean, Dune's an IP. I don't think they've really ever fleshed out too much beyond, like, the movie. A couple movies. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I actually cool. really liked that newest movie I saw. I watched it on a flight. It was pretty good. Yeah, with Aquaman. He had to leave his mm-hmm. own movie, so he had something to still do. So. Pretty good. All right, so I can see you guys are just crazy excited about that. So we'll move on to, uh, I don't know, something really cool is Sony revealed a new controller. They re- uh, showed off the DualSense Edge controller. Now, I didn't actually look into what this does other than, I mean, I'm assuming what it probably has like replaceable triggers of some sort. It's or Sony's something Elite. Like that. Uh, I don't think you replace the triggers, but it's got like the paddles on the back. Um, it, the coolest thing, this is what everybody was talking about, is the entire joystick can come out. So like on the Elite, okay. I got... So, like, here's the, like, first Xbox Elite. You can pop off a little cap on the joystick, but it's still the same joystick. On the PlayStation, whatever it is, Dual Dual Sense Edge, whatever it is. Dual Sense Edge. You can take out the entire component of the joystick and replace it. So, people are like, that's basically going to help you eliminate uh, stick drift, which has been an issue on pretty much every cons- uh, every controller this generation. So, mm-hmm. granted, we don't know how much that part's going to be. So, is it worth... They even give a price point for this thing? Or I don't even look. No, and that's what's scary about it like especially when you're considering they're raising prices uh, there and their controller is yeah. what it's 70 dollars right now for just the base I've got controller. two controllers and one's still in the box so i'm good for i'm good for a while <laughs> i'm gonna wager this thing's gonna be man oh it's more than no, 100, no, 100 150 200 yeah like i would say 150 but they might go lower like i know the xbox has dropped the price to their um uh, elite 2 i think it's 130 dollars now so Sony might try to get close to that. Like, I don't know. Um, I just know they're, they've raised prices already, so they're definitely not willing to pass off or you know eat the cost. They want to pass it off to consumer right now. So unless they're going to make a big flip when it comes to these controllers, I'm expecting this thing to be very pricey. Um, maybe yeah. it's worth it to you. I don't know. But I'm, I've had bad luck with some of my elites, like the new elite that came out. Yes, this is a Microsoft thing, but spending 150 bucks or some on a controller and then... You stupid little things break on it. Like I've had bumpers break or like buttons not respond. Maybe the Sony one's going to be better, but that's a big investment. Um, and I don't game at that level to really care about having I've all that. Couple, I've got a couple issues with my Switch, man. I'm, both of my Joy-Cons on my Switch drift. 
some of the buttons aren't responsive now. My pro controller has drift on one of the analogs too, man. All of that stuff is like, Better and go I'm send like, them. huh? Better go send them in. They're doing them for free, pretty much. Well, yeah, if you're within a certain know. time frame, I doubt you are at this point. No, no, I'm not. Actually, I don't think that's true because I just sent mine out recently and they did really? it for free, no problem. Did yeah. they? Oh, yeah, I'll check it out. I did both of them. Oh, I've got a couple of extended then. I'll check. Yeah. And, so something and, and they replaced the, the the rubber thing on it too. Oh. So everything that was like cool. Okay, I'll take. Good it. guy Nintendo. So, so some, something else that's very dear to me and Phoenix is uh, they officially announced a sequel to Tales from the Borderlands, which um, although Ooh. that's not done by uh, oh man, what was the name of the Telltale. company? That, they're out of bit Telltale. They went out of business. So Ooh-hoo. this is officially it, done. I'm assuming by 2K. Um, I don't remember exactly who, I think it is Gearbox, um, Gearbox, but to my knowledge, a lot of the writers were original writers from the first game. So they hired Telltale staff. Um, I don't know know, how much control they have ultimately, or if there's other influences from writing, but I'm hoping they let those guys do their thing because that's probably, I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah, from a narrative standpoint, that's the best Borderlands thing that exists. Like the first Tales of the Borderlands. Did you play that Metal Gamer? Uh, I did a little bit, but um, I just I didn't get into it too heavily. It I thought starts you guys slow. Liked, uh, I thought yeah. you guys like three the most. Ha <laughs> oh, ha! You're funny. Uh, no. Uh, so no, I think I'm hoping they. And I I watched the trailer and it looks like they are going to continue at least threads from the original story. I saw some of the old characters in there, so this should be good. Um, I'm curious what the gameplay is going to be like. Are they going to stick with that? telltale style since it's not really a telltale game anymore is it going to be like a different type of game just with that kind of narrative added to it i don't know i think it's going to be interesting would you still play it if the twins were the main characters you know you're ruining this for me chaz i'm just saying (laughs) uh the best characters in all of borderlands um but yeah overall i would say for me i'm super excited Um, i mean i'm as long as it's similar to the first one all right so um, so we're going to move on to the next game, which uh, Phoenix has dubbed Poop. So <laughs> what do you guys think about no, Poop? Are you excited? Why are you <laughs> reading my notes? These are hidden. They're supposed to be <laughs> secret from the from the viewers, all two of them. I thought the trailer for Poop looked really good. Yeah. No, I didn't mean right. that title as a um, indicative um, quality of the game. I just wanted to say something weird in the chat. Thanks a lot, Chaz. You're ruining everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Um, another game... Uh, I, I, Something I'm not crazy about is Souls Likes, but I know this is probably maybe the most anticip- anticipated game from this event. Uh, do you, there was a game called Liza P, which apparently it's like based on Pinocchio. Mm, dark Pinocchio. Yeah, Dark Pinocchio. Um, what do you guys think? You excited for another Souls Like? I'm not. I haven't played almost any of them. Uh, there's very few like true Souls Like games I've gone through. Not that I'm against them by any means. I just usually. I don't know, it's either the setting or whatever just doesn't quite appeal to me. Like, I'm not a big fantasy game player in that regard, so I've avoided, I like... like the game style. I don't like the gameplay. I don't mind the gameplay. I'm okay with a hard game, so that doesn't really bother me too, too much, but I don't know. Um, it looks cool. It kind of it was throwing off, what is it? Um, Remember those Alice Madness games, Return to Madness? I like that game. I like that. So it kind of has a, I mean, I don't know if it's quite as horror-y as that, but it um, definitely has that kind of dark, twisted feel on the narrative. So I think that might be kind of mm. cool to see that with, um, you know, Pinocchio spin. I might try it. I don't know. I said I'm not huge on Souls-like uh, gameplay, but I'm not against it either. So 
I think more particularly, people are saying the theme of this game reminds them very much of uh, a Bloodborne more than mm. like the Souls like. Because Bloodborne's a more um, more modern, I think, thematically time frame. Bloodborne's a game. But yeah. Um, oh, another thing. We'll, I'll just move us right on. Uh, something you guys really like is uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. The multiplayer Ooh. game got announced. I actually really like the trailer if you got to watch it. Yeah, I... uh, it's made by the people that made um, make a lot of those other styled multiplayer games. What is it? The, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the Friday the and Evil Dead, and and uh, Predator. Mm-hmm. Those got those that That's developer. Exciting. I'm pretty excited about this. Like, I'll tell you, there are few horror movies that have ever like got to me. Killer Clowns from Outer Space that scarred me when I was like seven. Walked into my <laughs> uncle's like den. It was like I was seeing the clowns shove people into cotton candy cocoons ruined me man i couldn't look at clowns for like 20 years um but honestly i've i've kind of gotten over that we went to was it halloween horror nights a couple of years ago and they had uh killer clowns as um one of the scare zones supposed to go with you guys and i couldn't get out of work or something yeah. stupid so uh, it fun. was it's a lot of fun. like looking back at it now it's such a fun campy kind of horror thing it's i'm kind of uh, i'm happy to see it kind of make a resurgence and the game looks pretty cool um uh, I like that asymmetric style game where like some of you play as the you know horror monster or whatever X Y mm. and then everybody else is trying to escape from them. So I'm I'm assuming it's gonna be like that unless everybody's just playing as clowns. But what are you gonna do? Knock my block off? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think it'll be very exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, and I I would just, almost all of those other games have been semi budget titles, so it's probably only gonna be. 40 50 bucks I, I know all the other games evil dead i think was like 40 but... yeah the nice thing about those games is they're simple they do one thing um they're not trying to you know be as like expansive triple a thing like i know with uh friday 13th it was just straight up asymmetric one guy's um uh whatchamacallit uh my brain just stopped jason, jason man I want to say Freddy, yeah. and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Jason and everybody else are the you know, campers just running around. And, you know, simple. I doubt you could play that for, you know, like years on its own. But Well, I know, like, um, Dead by Daylight attempts to do more with that style. Um, whereas, like, those games, like you said, they're very simple. I know Dead by Daylight attempts to do a bunch of different things. I, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I know, like, they have, we could have, like, a whole bunch of different serial killers, but I kind of like that these are just so focused. Like, it's this very, just, like, pure experience. I want to play the Evil Dead one. I still haven't played yeah. it. Yeah. So, I'm looking mm. forward to it. All right. Um, did you have anything to say on Killer Clowns? I don't know if you got anything nope. in. No? I'm good. I like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Actually, uh, when we went to Halloween Horror Nights, I kept pointing out clowns to Phoenix because I wanted to see him get scared. Of yeah. course, you know. It's it was my wife fun. who got scared the whole time, though. That was the best part. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chasing her around with the chainsaw was great. But oh man, that was wonderful. Um, so, or sorry, we're good. Oh, go right ahead. Go right ahead. No, I was gonna say, um, just I was gonna move us on. I mean, the last uh, major announcement I felt like that was of interest from this uh, Gamescom event was Dead Island Two finally got announced. That's what they ended the show with. This game that had been in development heck for so many years, it's finally, it finally seems like it's getting pushed through, and I think it even comes out super super quickly it's in like yeah, the next few early months. next year, early I next year i think yeah. yeah like february or something yeah, but um yeah i mean i had fun with the first dead island i know phoenix did when it first uh, came out i don't remember liking it very much really oh i mean i played it um i don't know like i remember getting to a certain part in that game and it was like that was a long kind of like well we played it together i think online we 
Um, I remember getting like to the first islandy area, whatever it was, and feel like it, it took forever to get there. And then I got into like it was like the first sewer level that was moving to the next main zone. Mm, my game crashed, some bug happened, and all my progress was lost. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm done. Um, and then I realized I was only maybe like even a third through the game, and I felt like I already put like 12 hours into it. Maybe I was just bad at the game, but I don't know. Back, I felt like it was kind of bland at the time. Like it was fine for what it was. That was back when you know zombie games were a dime a dozen. There were 30 yeah. different zombie games, and like you had Left 4 Dead, which for me was you know pinnacle zombie gameplay at the um, time. Dead Rising was pretty high at that point. Yeah, and this game just didn't do it to me. It also too like um you remember the first trailer for the first Dead Island, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that like, you know, with the girl falling backwards out of the window, it was like yeah. mm-hmm. and everybody you know, was you know, lauding that's this huge, like awesome trailer. The game is nothing like the tone they set up in that trailer. So it kind of felt like a bait and switch to me the whole time. Like when I'm playing it like this just voodoo, doesn't hoodoo, you voodoo. It was like very that whole rap song. Yeah. Better, 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 better get out of sight. Was that voodoo, it? Voodoo, you voodoo. Yeah. I, voodoo, you voodoo. Be. I remember. I remember the, I remember the I remember first. Be- May I remember all that? The first trailer was like this very kind of like downer kind of thing. Um, I could. Well, no, no, you're right. It was a trailer, but that was the opening to the game. Oh yes. Was, okay. There's like a rap. Yes. Rap song. Yeah. Right. So the game just had this really weird like juxtaposition to mm-hmm. the trailer. So that was kind of jarring. And the gameplay itself was just okay and then like had that bug hit me and i was just kind of done so um i mean i looked at the trailer for the new one and it looks good i guess i don't know it's very gory far more gory than i think the first one was like they're like punching holes in like zombies faces and like you see the empty cavities and stuff so i mean cool yeah i don't know i mean i'm based upon the first one i'm very hesitant um and because this has taken so long to even kind of resurge at all just makes me leery of the whole thing so i don't know i hope it's good i mean for those who are anticipating it great but i this is very much gonna be a wait and see for me i gotta see how it actually plays out yeah what about you metal gamer are you tantalized by the zombies i'm i'm like hit or miss on it when i played dead island i played it and then as i was playing it i'm just like okay I'm, I'm stuck on a something or whatever, and there's like a million zombies coming after me, and then it just kept killing me. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm done. Yeah. It, it just kind of got really like, I don't know. It got it tedious. Um, yeah. And the narrative was not that engaging. Like, nothing really like pulled you through that game. And the gameplay, I didn't think, was good enough to pull you through that game. I know, like, um, my nephew loved it, so he played the crap out of it. So I watched him kind of finish the whole campaign. So there's clearly a market for this game. It just wasn't for me. Um, apparently, maybe not so much for you either, Metal the, Gamer. The demographic is nephews. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would just say for me... I think something that's coming back to me is I do remember kind of liking the game at first. And I remember I didn't start really liking the game until I started using cheat codes. And then the <laughs> cheat codes make it more fun because you're running around like just blasting. Yeah, because you're not dealing with all the strict mechanics yeah, that make you die every five seconds. And I, mean, at that I point, remember because the, the borderlines like that. And then that's it. It just mm. kind of ahead and just do a blast off and keep well, on i remember because that was a game where like all of your weapons would destroy after a few hits and you're just like well my my weapon i just built is gone now you know 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it, it, I don't know. Watching the trailer, it seems like they're going a different route with it. Like, the gameplay I saw did not look like the first game. I would hope it didn't, because that game's, like, how old now? Um, so maybe this will be a whole different, you know, feeling game. So I'll, I'll give it a chance. I'm just, as I say, going into it, um, kind of cautious with which direction I might go. Mm-hmm. No expectations for me. <laughs> Fair That's enough. A- all there, right. is, there is one game okay. that I thought that was interesting that you didn't put on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking, I was looking at it, and um, the the uh, what is it? The Gearbox uh, uh, Bethesda game that they're throwing out there, that the RPG one. It's it's called like Windsword or something like that, or Winds. Windsword. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, apparently they're like. Yeah, no, apparently that's one that that it's supposed to be like taking place in like, like. A, a fictional version of Portugal in the Middle Ages. Oh, like- yeah. Um, that's the weird. Um, it's not Bethesda. It was Obsidian, wasn't it? Uh, that's the one we were talking about. Um, that's like the. Um, unless I'm thinking it wrong, the like graphic novely looking thing, kind of 2D. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, or is this something different? I, no, you're talking about the Obsidian game. Yeah. Maybe that I'm was, um, misreading him. I don't know what he, but the only re- the only reason I wouldn't have added I added everything is because there there were some games that we had also talked about in the Xbox showcase or the mm. Xbox event, so I may not have put it in there because we had already talked about it previously. Well, maybe it's well, this game doesn't really sound familiar to them. It's not the one I'm thinking of. I I don't know. It went past my radar. Mm. That's the only reason I wouldn't have put it on there is if we had already talked about it though. What was the name Honestly. of it? When w- word song. Word song. Word song? Yeah. I don't know. It's supposed to have some, like, really RPG mechanics with, like, combats and questing, and... Yes. I don't think it's... Are you talking about Silk Song? No. No. Word song, Silk Song is the game that's the... the I mean, there's no or anything on it. Uh, It doesn't seem like... Yeah, I can't um, find anything about it. Wind Song or Word Song? Word Song. Word Song. Yeah, I'm not seeing that. Mm. Yeah, I don't hmm. know. It looks interesting. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. We'll let oh, Phoenix look oh, at it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Word song with a Y. Okay. With a y, yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty. It, it, they don't. It just seems like a pre-trailer or what, or some some trailer of like. I didn't watch every day of Gamescom. I only watched the first day's show. They seem to have. They seem to be oh, having yeah. some other. That look pretty cool. How do so we miss cool. this? This thing does look. Kind of cool. Yeah, what is it called? By the people who made like freaking Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Word Stone. Word Song. W Y R D Song. I mean, the trailer looks interesting. That I. Yeah, I'm kind of reading about it right now. Mm. Like this looks pretty. Oh, it, looks, it looks cool. I just, I yeah, I didn't see it. I missed that somehow. Yeah, it just seems like a, a backing from NetEase. Uh, apparently it's in pre-alpha right now so it's kind of like it's going to be on you know i guess multiple consoles since it's unreal engine 3 so engine 5 so it should be they don't have they don't have much info on it at all Hmm. that that is interesting though yep 13.2 mil yeah Hmm. interesting well the art looks cool i'll keep that on my radar all right so anyways if if we ever get more gameplay or anything we'll definitely talk about that one i i missed that one though all right so we're gonna move on to our second to final topic and uh the 
Disney or the D23 Disney Video Game Showcase. Um, tell you what, I'm not going to go into every announcement because I didn't think everything was super interesting. I'll just let you guys um, check out the notes. But is there anything? I mean, did you guys both get to watch the actual game showcase? I watched the trailers after the fact because I told yeah. you that's okay. what I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was there anything in there that you guys thought was noticeable? I mean, I know the biggest thing that people took away from was the Captain America Black Panther gameplay trailer. There was no gameplay. gameplay. It was cinematic. Uh, I mean, I saw all the trailer for it. I mean, cool, I guess. Like, there's literally... I'm not a fan of these, like, little teaser trailers that literally show you nothing about the game. Because that could be anything. Like, once again, we just talked yeah. about Dead Island, like, doing a cinematic trailer and the game being nothing like the trailer. Mm-hmm. So, um, I like... Um, well, I like the Captain America movie. Um, I don't know if I'll like the game. I don't... I, I don't know. This might be fine. People are talking about it being, like, this awesome-looking game, but I don't know what they're looking at. So maybe I'm missing something here. All the hype. Forget about it. Everything out of this event I already knew about. I mean, the only thing that was kind of new was the Disney Mirrorverse. Did you see that with the the Disney villains? Yeah, that's a mobile game, though, isn't it? It's a mobile game, yeah. That's that's what I mean. A lot of it was mobile-oriented, and mobile just not my bag i just i'd rather have a controller i don't like yeah. touching a screen I don't know. Yeah, and that's fair chris you know to be fair mobile is what the best like most profitable platform oh, like, revenue generator yeah it's the biggest one so i mean i definitely get why they're going that route and i mean to be fair some games can actually turn out really well from a gameplay perspective like diablo immortal played really well mobile if they didn't have such a crappy system around it so i'm not anti-mobile games i think it's just rare that you have one that really i think plays well and appeals where like a core kind of gaming audience but i don't know um, i just thought about it why was aliens there does disney own we aliens? talked about that apparently, yes apparently they do well, here's the thing so aliens is a 20th century fox um uh, owned ip oh and they bought and fox. disney bought fox i forgot all about that being part of it so that's a weird thought of him that Disney owns aliens. You know what that yeah. makes me wish they would have done? Do you remember? Um, I know, Chaz, you remember this. At Disney World, they used to have that alien encounter. Alien encounter. But it wasn't yeah, real yeah. aliens. Now there's an opportunity to bring it back and have real aliens in it. That would be the most horrifying thing. I remember that scared the crap out of me as a kid. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, for me, there was nothing else that really stood out here. I mean, maybe the Niantic. I mean, I was going to mention that. Like a, it's like a Marvel Pokemon Go type game or something. Yeah, where um, you can be a superhero. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know how that's going to play out in AR, but we'll see. I mean, Pokemon Go is still very much a thing. It's still doing very, very well. So who's to say this won't be the next big thing? I think the weird thing is like Marvel, though, at least to me, I feel like it's on kind of a downward trend, I think, in popularity. Maybe maybe that's just I'm looking at from my, you know, my perspective, but... I don't feel like this game's going to land as strongly as they're wanting it to. Like, when Pokemon came out in AR, like, Pokemon is still, like, the world's biggest IP. So, uh, of course, that was going to do well. The Marvel stuff is still big, but I don't know. Maybe because they didn't really show, like, any kind of gameplay, so I have no idea what it's supposed to even be. Didn't they cancel that Harry Potter Pokemon Go game? (laughs) Oh, there was going to be a Harry Potter AR game? No, that came out, like, a year ago. It was already been out. Oh, I, it, I don't think it was very oh, popular just, like, at all. Oh, wow. That's the hard thing when you try to go after certain franchises like that. If they're not like really hot at that point, I think it's hard to capitalize on it sometimes. You're always kind of late to the game. Um, but Marvel, I mean, is still big, so maybe I'm, 
I'm just being pessimistic about it. I just feel like at least when I look at the Marvel kind of landscape right now, it's kind of flatlining in some areas, but it could just be me. So I'll, I hate to say it. There was only one thing I was interested in seeing and it wasn't here. Do you know what it is? Is it going to be one of the Insomniac Marvel games? I wanted to see Wolverine. Yeah. We didn't get anything more from Wolverine game. Yeah, I'm not... Honestly, I'm not super surprised about that. Because um, as much as that is a Disney-Marvel thing, that is also very much a Sony thing. Like, mm-hmm. Sony, I think, is wanting to keep like those big cards, especially right now with all their competition with Xbox, I think really close to the chest, so they have control over when they kind of reveal stuff, make sure it's you know presented the best possible light, and it's going to help them you know push their consoles. Um, I think we'll hear about some, like some of those going into the next year. I think, um, I was reading somewhere, um, I mean, they are required, Sony is, to discuss games are going to be sold next year as part of their, um, uh, just earnings report for the following year. And at least Spider-Man 2, to my knowledge, is supposed to be a game that comes out next year, and we've heard nothing about it. So, that leaves the opening for the next month or two, Sony to have their own event, and at least talk about Spider-Man, maybe Wolverine, I don't know exactly the time frame on that one, so... I think we still hope to see those, but definitely before years out. Yeah. All right. So since it, since it seems like you guys are so blown away by these announcements, do you mind if I move us over to uh, the one thing I wanted to show you from the Ubisoft event? Uh, sure. Was there anything else you guys had to say here? I mean, no, I'm... I didn't watch the Ubisoft because that just aired tonight, right? Uh, a few hours ago, I, I watched that at like four. It was live or something. Okay. Let me guess. Um, just Dance? No. Yeah, they they announced Just Dance. Of course they one. did. I'm yeah. not surprised. It's the first one where they're not going to be on Wii. They're, oh, they're no. recording the Wii. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> first one in a while. Um, but I'll try to pull up an image for you. But this is the one thing I took away from that whole event. I don't know if you guys can see my... Uh, I'm putting my, it up uh, on... There we go. So this, en- so this entire... This is... I can already tell people are were infuriated by this when they showed it. But... Mm-hmm. So this entire event was very Assassin's Creed heavy because this is the 15th uh, anniversary of the the video games franchise. So the first hour of the show maybe was uh, normal Ubisoft stuff where they showed basically nothing new and it was all just live service, continuation, content oriented things and uh, other titles that people had already known about. But the last half hour was supposed was this big 50, or you know 15th anniversary thing and they Man, I'm telling you, they made, they were building up to like showing something like super mega incredible, and it was so incredibly baffling just exactly how they showed off what what is here. So I'll explain what's here if you don't know, but uh, it's basically a roadmap for the next two years for Assassin's Creed, and for 2022, I mean, you know, you get a last DLC chapter for Valhalla, which is cool, but then when you get to 2023, look at how confusing. All, all like, all five of these are different things that are coming out next year that are Assassin's Creed. And I'll I show. Is on the horizon mean twenty twenty three? Like, or is that like several years down the line? Because I thought they, or maybe that's what they meant. But I uh, yeah, that. I mean, maybe you're right. Well, but... Assassin's Creed Infinity was. They've been talking about that for years. That's going to be their live service that's, Assassin's that's Creed. That's one of yeah, the yeah, five. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Basically, they announced Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is their 2023 Assassin's Creed game, which is uh, what takes place in Baghdad mm-hmm. or something, which is kind of interesting. But then when you get over here, 
they I watched the I was watching it live at the end they just start spewing all of these code names at you and it's just like people were so baffled that like and they didn't even show gameplay for Mirage they just showed a cinematic and it's like hmm. people were expecting them to show gameplay and it's like no they were just like they showed a quick thing for this and then they went on to this so uh code name red is um uh apparently that's feudal japan so they like they announced these things that people have been like expecting and wanting but they just announced them so crappily it's just like i'm assuming it's more of an investor thing that the yeah. way they kind of announced this i think that's I, i'm assuming that means is. they're doing bad is because they're just like oh go, oh crap we got to give investors a reason to, to fund well, us ubisoft has been i mean they've been trying to put themselves in the market i think for a while they just had was it um was it tencent just bought a huge portion you have of this image up so people can see yeah it. yeah it's up. You, okay okay i don't know it would be hard not be, not seeing it yeah no, ahead, I, I mean i think this is very much an investor thing like here's the thing like i would imagine at least definitely the infinity stuff is probably still very much in the oven right i doubt they have a lot of any gameplay to really show they're confident with probably similar with mirage i would imagine they're further along with that but if they didn't show anything that means they probably feel like it's not ready at this moment and 2023 could be you know next like fall winter kind of time frame so we could still be a year out from that assassin's creed so this feels like something they probably needed to once again as i was saying with um uh, sony they need to th uh, throw out games and things that are coming out next year for earnings calls and stakeholders so that's probably what this is is them listing off the stuff they're about to you know start to not to start developing but they're releasing in the next year to two years and just to give you know those stakeholders you know something to kind of bite onto. um but Ubisoft has been in weird stakes for a while yeah. now. Um, I know Tencent. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Tencent. Uh, just bought like 49% sure? of not Ubisoft, but the um, was it Guillermo? Guillermo? What's the name of the family who owns this? Um, uh, oh, uh, Eve Gamo. Yeah, Gamo. Like the the um, what is it? The organization or the entity that owns Ubisoft is named after their family name. I think Tencent mm -hmm. bought 49% of that. So they have a really big stake now in Ubisoft, period, because they own pretty much the parent organization over it. So mm -hmm. I think this is just Ubisoft trying to make themselves appealing to as many buyers as possible so that family can retire, take all the money, and pass off the buck to some I, other owner. I think, again, what people were mad about is that they didn't show any gameplay for Mirage. And like this whole roadmap thing that they just kind of put on screen, It's just to me, it's just super... To me, it's just kind of sloppy and very confusing. It's just like, sure, maybe this is appealing for an investor, but for like a fan or or just a casual gamer, like I don't know what any of this means. I mean, again, like yeah, we know what Infinity is, but it's just like, does does Nana know what Infinity is? You know, like what Nana's not gonna buy. I'm joking. I mean, just yeah. casual. Joke. I, I get what you're saying. I don't know. I guess I didn't expect any more than this. Um, here's saying this kind of thing is very par for the course. Like. This is the type of roadmap you see uh, three four three put out, or Destiny put out, or whatever you know game or publisher is putting out stuff in the future. This is what they do now. I'm not saying it's what I like to see, but I'm not shocked by it. Is it disappointing? Sure, but I don't know. I feel like gaming in general has just been kind of disappointing when it comes to the big AAA stuff as of late. So, par for the course. Hey, if, so if you don't know, Codename Red is Feudal Japan. Codename Hex is. You know, that's uh like Salem. Yeah, it looks like Salem Witch, yeah. Massachusetts type stuff, which that's very far in the future, right? Isn't Salem is like eighteen hundreds? 
I mean, that's not that long ago. Well, they, they must be really going. Uh, I, I, I know they have the Animus and the future stuff. Well, not just that, but they did uh, Assassin's Creed Three was. Um, uh, well, I guess that early was the America. War. So yeah. that's within you know fifty to hundred years of this probably. Um, I guess. Yeah. Mm. And then Codename Jade is China, or mm-hmm. I think it's China. And then A partnership Netflix show. Netflix show and stuff. So it's just like, mm. I don't know. I just thought it was weird and. I just thought it was fun. It fun. That, basically, that's this is the only thing I thought was interesting from the show, mm. from that entire event. I'm super disappointed because I watched it for an hour and a half, and that was that See, was all I took away. This is why I don't it. watch these events anymore, Jazz. They're not worth I it. They're fluff and build up and hype to a JPEG. So uh, save yourself a couple of hours. It's not worth it. Watch the recap or you know find yeah. the images after they've been posted. My recommendation. No. All right, well, that was it. That was all I had to show for that. <laughs> that was that whole event, if, if in my opinion. But, um, so did you get? You guys had nothing else to say for Disney or nothing? I mean, I'm good on that. No, no. I watched through that whole thing too, and that was I was I was, I was super bummed out after watching these two <laughs> events back to back and doing videos on it, and I was just like, wow, that was a waste of two hours. Speaking well, of a waste we of two hours, we're about to hit the two hour mark on. Our podcast already. We got one more big topic, so. Well, I mean, we'll try. I'll try and be fast. I mean, I don't believe you. This is I the really, big one I, that you so, wanted to talk about. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, not, it's a show that it's to go through. It's a show that Metal Gamer. You said you didn't watch, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. But uh, I finally got to watch the show WandaVision because I said I wanted to start trying to watch some more Marvel-oriented things. Um, and Phoenix recommended WandaVision, especially coming off of Doctor Strange, which. We didn't love, but I I think you thought it might be what good might have good context as to that show that movie and. Oh well, yeah, I mean the Doctor Strange movie is basically the follow up to Wandavision more than anything else. Um, so like honestly, if you didn't watch Wandavision, you're going into that Doctor Strange movie with some questions as far as how these characters mm-hmm. got to where they are. So you kind of need this context. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I have all these notes, but I'm just gonna go off the top of the head. I guess I'll I'll just go. I mean I. I very much enjoyed this show. I I really enjoyed kind of like the theme that the show had of like going through all of the different um, different like decades of shows on, on public television and all that stuff was really cool. Kind of them recreating that. I like the, the artistry of them doing it because I thought they did a really good job between um, Vision and Scarlet Witch and all the acting and the laugh tracks were all like super fun. Um, you know, I think you were more interested in the older shows whereas like i really enjoyed when they got to the 80s and 90s decades of uh, recreating yeah. yeah i loved like because it starts out with like a dick van dyke style show then mm-hmm. goes into like the isle of lucy's and then gets into um i just goes through all the um the decades which i grew up when i was a kid like i was a nickelodeon kid and after was at 9 p.m you got nick at night and I would always stay up late and watch I Love Lucy and um, was it Green Acres and all those crazy old shows. So I have a lot of nostalgia got, for that. Yeah, they did like kind of full housey type stuff yep. in the 80s and the 90s. They did very much like, um, uh, oh shoot, what was the show? Yeah, I Malcolm loved? in the um, Middle style. Malcolm in the Middle um, style, yeah. Yeah, so all of those mean hit me pretty hard because I was into the old style from the Nick at Night, and of course I was I grew up in the '90s, so yeah, the Malcolm in the Middles and whatnot definitely hit really well. The Modern Family landed a little less for me, but granted, that's still recent enough that it didn't really matter to me. But. No, but um, no, just 
I enjoyed many aspects of it. I mean, I do feel like there were there were a couple like logical missteps that they had in the show. Um, again, this is spoilers if you haven't seen Wandavision. Do you care, Metal Gamer, about spoilers? Is this something you I already know everything that happened. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, but like, honestly, I feel like the events of Doctor Strange could have been, uh, Multiverse of Madness could have been avoided if. If if Vision at the end would have just told Wanda that there was another Vision that basically was just him, and that she still could have had the possibility of living a great life with Vision. It, I, I saw you had that comment. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true though. Like it's Vision in memory. It's not the same yeah. Vision though. Like he doesn't have the stone. He's not the same Vision. Like it's like, and that comes down to that whole argument of like you know, if you just copied someone's brain into, you know, another body, is it still the same person kind of thing? Like, I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't have played it that way, but I also feel like, okay, that's a different, it's a different robot with his memories, essentially. It doesn't have, was it the soul stone that was in his brain? I don't remember which stone it was. It was one of the stones. Um, which that, it was, that was the whole thing that gave Vision life was that stone. So, I don't know. I get what it you're saying. Both of them, right? Or did she have a different stone that gave her her powers? I think, I can't remember if it was the same It was a different stone. stone. No, it is the same. It's the same stone. No, that's why they're connected. Oh, is because maybe um, I'm wrong then. That's why she was able to recreate him is because of. She says at the end before he goes, he dies again. Is um, she says, oh, "I was able to create you because of our connection within the stone." Oh, or something. maybe I missed that. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't. So I guess your point though is that I mean, this impacts the Doctor Strange movie in a bunch of ways. I feel like mm-hmm. honestly, if you if you watch this show there's so much lost potential once you do watch the Doctor Strange movie. Like, I agree. The Wanda, like, There are things about the WandaVision show that are not perfect, um, but they took a lot of time and a lot of care to develop Wanda in a way that she hadn't been able to you know, be developed in the movies prior to that. They took their time. They made her sympathetic at parts. They also made her very crazy, manipulative at parts, and it gave you this back and forth with her where even when she ended... You could tell it was a conflicting thing. Like, she was in the wrong, but they tried to make her sympathetic. There was a lot to that character that I think, yes, I think she could have ended up being a really cool Marvel villain down the line, but I feel like the uh, Doctor Strange movie rushed all this built-up potential for her character just to make her the big bad out of nowhere. Like, she should have been the villain, like, three movies from now. Um, and I think a lot of the subtlety that the WandaVision show tried to add to, you know, start making her go down this negative dark path you just lost all of it as soon as the Doctor Strange movie started. Because immediately, as soon as they uh, encounter her on the movie, she's evil already. Like, there was no wiggle room there, no other influence. She was just already crazy psychotic with very little, you know, rational motivation. And that's not how she ended this WandaVision show. But I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm sorry. I'm... Oh, you're good. I guess I'll just say my favorite, like, most of my favorite parts of this show were almost all of the scenes that involved Vision and Wanda together. Because, mm-hmm. like, much of this show is Vision, like, piecing together things and, like, and like, kind of investigating as to what's going on, why he exists, what his purpose is, how they get where they're at. And almost all of my favorite parts were where, like, the couple scenes where he, like, approaches her and is, like, pressing her on, like... Mm-hmm. Like a, maybe the best scene I think of the show is where he first he finally like realizes that like what she's doing because he talks to like one of his coworkers or something and he you know he like frees his mind up and that guy's like you have to stop her and all that stuff and yeah. that scene where 
he approaches her and is like, what you're doing is wrong here. You know what, you know, and, and, she, you know, there's pushback and they almost like fly in the air and like almost like start fighting and stuff. And there's a fun Pretty tone great. the whole time too. Like the first like half of the show or more, it has this really eerie kind of unsettling feel that mm-hmm. has this cool juxtaposition with the happy go lucky 50s, 60s, 70s style TV show where everything's, you know, all, all happy. Everything wraps up nice and clean at the end. But then there's these weird, just eerie threads that pop up. Um, it's kind of like these like dark mysteries throughout each episode. So it's really fun to kind of track those down. You can argue, you know, how successful all those little, um, little hints they drop are, but it was fun. Um, and I think for the most part, it paid off pretty well up until I think the very end of the show. I mean, how'd you feel yeah. about how things kind of wrapped up? I didn't particularly care for it. I mean, they, I, I feel like they kind, they had to make the Agnes character serve some sort of purpose. So they gave her, cause I think in the comics, she serves as a actual teacher of Wanda. Whereas in this, they they have her more as a villain. Um, I don't I think know a she's lot about her character. Like, yeah. In the comics, she's more of a tutor. She's like a senior witch and teaches Wanda how to like do all these different things. And they kind of still have that in the show where that's how Wanda beats her in the end is by mm-hmm. recreating the runes on the bubble. I feel like um, she's got some ties to Mephisto too. Like she's more nefarious than I think just being a teacher like she she does but she i think they she does both like she is evil but she is like very helpful to wanda um but i mean ov- overall i the, the ending was fine it just it felt kind of it was a little anticlimactic i felt like it it, it didn't have like a a big grand battle or well it turns into kind of the standard marvel cg showcase where you know they just fly around shoot you know magic lasers at each other and i don't know i think this show didn't need that it didn't need to have the big battle at the end like they could have done something far more subtle um a little more thoughtful like i I didn't need to see a witch battle i would have rather seemed like a more cunning kind of outsmarting of the other enemy that played better to i think the strengths of these characters but uh, i think they just wanted to kind of show how powerful the scarlet witch was and they kind of went down Mm -hmm. that route of course they wanted the vision versus vision battle but that was cool i like that scene yeah, um, I don't know. I think this show probably faltered the most whenever it got MCU-y, if that makes sense. When they started like tying in the other MCU, like you know, third string characters, like the um, see, that's that's where I felt like the show dipped. Is that's I what I'm saying? Dipped. That's where it lost. Itself. Oh, I thought you said that's where it got good. I was like, no, no, no okay. when it like. Like, the premise of it isn't bad. Like, okay, so there's people watching from the outside trying to realize what's going on. But uh, sometimes that was played, I think, a little too lighthearted or just, I don't know, kind of missed a few steps in there. Um, I didn't like they brought in the, um, what's her face? The, um, oh, I'm losing her name. Um, from Thor. Cat. Uh, I think it's Cat Dennings. Yeah. I don't really care for her character too much here, but you know, I felt like again. I felt like like you were saying that was the weakest part of the show was everything taking place outside the bubble. Everything in the bubble, I was awesome. How do you feel about? Um, I don't remember her first name, but the Rambo character. I actually didn't realize, but yeah, she's like she's her the mother. daughter. She's she's the daughter of the the girl in Marvel, Captain Marvel. She's that lady's daughter, mm-hmm. and. Her mother in the in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is that Captain Marvel. I don't know the yeah. the way they kind of connect everything is so like. So uh, for a second, uh, just think about this. Kind of go into the Doctor Strange. So um, so in WandaVision, basically 
um, Captain Marvel's best friend's daughter uh, ends up mm-hmm. being like her friend, her ally in this show that is sympathetic with her. He's like, they'll have no idea what you gave up and sacrifice. Like she is an ally in that situation. And then the next time we see Wanda, she's flying to another universe to kill that lady's mom, essentially without any remorse or second thought. Like, cause that's what she does. The captain Marvel yeah, in that other universe true. is what Maria Rambo. Is that her name or whatever? Um, Oton Rambo is the founder of sword. I don't know if that's the daughter or the mom. Either way, she kills the lady's mom, essentially, into the universe. It just, I don't know. It goes to just how off the Doctor Strange movie was. They didn't take any of this build-up, the nuances that they tried to, you know, build with these character relationships. Instead, they just threw it all away so they could have cool moments. Um, I've read something, and I I wish I could have found the article, um, but I guess the writer of the Doctor Strange movie... They, they weren't initially supposed to use um, Scarlet Witch as the main villain. That was to be something they teased and built up. But this guy didn't want to let the other Avengers movie have the cool villain with Scarlet Witch. So he basically just stole her for this movie and said, I'm going to use her as my main villain. And wasted all the potential setup that Scarlet Witch could have had down the line. Um, just so he could shove her in the movie and have a couple of cool moments with her. Which ultimately, I think, fell flat. Which, that makes me sad. So. Yeah. If that's true, I as I, I read that somewhere, and certainly go and fact check me, but that would not surprise me if that is a true statement. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess kind of really thinking about it, that there were other characters. I, I didn't really like the Agnes character. Um, you didn't like that, her, like you didn't like the way her. she was portrayed, or you didn't like the. I thought she I was fine. The, I like the actor. I just I don't know. I just I didn't find her an intimidating threat. To Wanda, I mean, I think that really is. I don't think it's an issue with the character for most of the show. Like, I think for you know eighty percent of it, they built her up well enough. I think it's just where they didn't stick the landing with her. Like, you're right, they didn't make her powerful, but they didn't really demonstrate her power. They just all of a sudden made Wanda super amazing, awesome, and that kind of overpowered everything. So, I don't think it was an issue so much with that character. It's just them kind of not sticking the landing with making... That's what I, said. I wish they wouldn't have done the battle. I wish they would have found, like, a thinking man's way of them conflicting. I think that would have made her more intimidating, and it probably would have, you know, helped Wanda seem more capable if they could have come well, with a better way. maybe they made that decision to counterbalance the fight between Vision and White Vision, because that's almost exactly what happened with that mm-hmm. fight, is that they were duking it out at first and then because they're both like intellectual robots then that seems awesome because it like it ends with them having like a sophisticated conversation as to like because white vision his whole purpose is he must kill vision but then the dead vision is having like this sophisticated talk of like well am i the real vision yeah they do paradoxical stuff yeah it's really cool like that whole scene of them like communicating and and vision like I don't know, like, but I, you get what I'm saying, where, like, maybe they use, they don't want to have, like, the same type of It didn't um, have to conclusion. be the same, but here's the thing, too, like, um, with their witchy powers, they could have, like, done some mental kind of stuff, where they went into, like, these mental realms, and, like, where, there's, there's just a better way to have done that. I don't like know. Like, with uh, Mysterio and Spider-Man in the second Yeah, movie. or even, like, um, kind of how they started to do in the Doctor Strange movie with Professor X trapped in that weird mental zone with the trapped incarnation of Wanda. Like, they could have done something like that. And then that could have played off into the um, uh, Doctor Strange movie because we will have seen that kind of mental realm stuff represented. So, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. There are just better ways I could have think stuck the landing on it. I don't think it was terrible. I know some people just straight up hate the ending to WandaVision. I think it was just fine. It definitely was not the strongest point. Um, but I don't know. I, I liked the show overall, and it seems like you have a similar take on it. I liked it, yeah. I, I mean, I just feel like there were a couple wasted elements. Like uh, One more I can think of is uh, how they utilized Quicksilver. I didn't think he was kind of... I don't think he kind of fit in there all that well. That was right around the time that they had bought Fox. So I think that was more of a nod towards that. But I mean, just in the show, it just, they didn't quite find a way to make it make sense. So it wasn't Quicksilver. It just happened to be some guy that looks like Quicksilver that Agatha found in a house and used him. And he happened to look exactly like her brother. I don't understand. It was an actual guy that that she took over. You know that's the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, I understand what you're saying, but that was clearly just a nod to the fact that Disney had just bought Fox. Um, no, I'm, I'm getting what you're saying, but I'm saying that still, though... You didn't like that is what you're saying. I didn't like... like it's like, so Agatha found a guy that happened to look exactly like... Uh, no, but... He didn't look exactly like her. That's the point. That was the weird thing about it. He didn't look like her version of Quicksilver. But he was mm-hmm. a Quicksilver from a different universe. That happened to be in that town. That they... Yeah, because technically, the the in every universe, there is that person. Like, I mean, it's convenient, but... But I'm saying he happened to be in that town that she took over. Yeah, okay. All these movies year. have conveniences, though. And here's the <laughs> thing. I can let go of you know, lucky, happy coincidence things for a fun nod. And that to me was a fun nod. I don't feel like it broke the story too much. Yeah, it was a little convenient, but it was a fun moment that I think was worth enjoying as it was. Um, but I think the issue is you you can take that to an extreme, right? I feel like that's like what the Doctor Strange movie did. Mm-hmm. They had lots of conveniences and lots of weird kind of uncanny things that happened, but they weren't they didn't feel earned. They weren't just placed in there as a fun little, hey, look, we just got Reed Richards in. They wasted potential because they threw all these characters in there and didn't take the time to build them up or use them appropriately. Mm-hmm. All right, but yeah, I guess that was my overall thoughts. I enjoyed the show. I'm looking forward to starting something else. I mean, you suggested what, Loki? I should move on to? Yeah, I mean, I have my issues with Loki, but there's definitely some fun spots with it. Um, I think that's the last Marvel show I watched I actually kind of enjoyed. I went through Hawkeye, and that did not do it for me. I heard that me. one was not great. It was just kind of, kind of dull. Um, what was the... There was one more that came out. Um, the Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yeah, I did not like that one either. Um, that one was a little too preachy for me. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi's a movie. Oh, it's a movie? Yeah. Oh. Um, I feel like there was another show that slipped my mind at the moment, but yeah, Loki is Loki's at least fun. Um, I think well, I think I enjoyed it more at the time too because it was just starting to touch on kind of the multi-dimensional stuff, so it was still kind of interesting. That probably feels a little more played out now after other shows have now done in other movies, but you know, it has its fun moments. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll start Loki. I don't know. Let me know down in the comments. Um, for once. <laughs> 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 I had to throw that in there. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that's it. I mean, I'll move on to Loki. Uh, we got some, what, God of War 3, hopefully by the next time we uh, will be able to talk about on the next episode. Um, so Metal Gamer, how'd you enjoy it? Did you did you like being on the podcast? Oh, this is very fun. 
I like listening to you guys talk and having your opinions on well, certain you, you things gotta, that I don't have any opinion. You gotta throw your opinion out there. Just come <laughs> oh, up no, with stuff. A, yeah, I could come up with stuff. You seem so shy. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. You'll be more enthusiastic next time. There's a, pro- there's a problem when I'm not the shy one. I seem like the uh, the, the 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 more energetic, I guess. Not energetic. Mm, what is you still don't. Social. <laughs> social. You're, you're not that energetic. Off the camera, he's the. You guys are the more social ones, I'm sure. Always. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess that'll uh, that'll do that'll do it for this week uh, of the Inner Chats Man podcast. Um, as always, uh, we'd love to hear back. I mean, down in the comments, let us know what you thought about any of these shows or games or events. Please, um, someone write something. Make it make Chaz feel good. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna keep saying it until it happens. We're talking into existence. Um, what are you, you guys are still doing here? You need to get down in the basement. All right, I'm okay. going. I'm gonna curl back into my duct. <laughs> that's that's his run. That's his. That's Phoenix's running joke. He's been saying that. I don't yeah. know if he's trying to gain sympathy or turn my turn my fan base against me. Oh, one of them. Oh, Enter Phoenix Man, what? <laughs> Next week, that's the new logo. No. Alright guys, well once again, thank you so much for joining us. We love you. Please be safe and uh, we cannot wait to see you on next week's Enter Chats Man. Uh, Phoenix said we're not going to miss that week, right Phoenix? Oh yeah, because you know we're super consistent with these. We never miss a week, ever. No, <laughs> correct. <laughs> Alright guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Adios. See you. Uh,